That's it. Yeah, no, we're out here. I was just waiting for everything. Thank you for joining us, everybody here. Uh, this was going to be our very first live event. We were going to have, you know, a whole room full of people here, and we were going to talk about a number of different topics. We were going to talk about the two-party system. We were going to talk about 2020. We we're going to talk about the way that the country looks right now. Um, and that just doesn't seem to be how it's going to work out this time around. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> As you can see, um, again, thank you for joining us. My name is Donovan. I'm Colin. And this is Salt of the Streets. Um, you are joining us here on our Facebook, on the Divine Wine Facebook, on our Instagram. Um, thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, usually this is where I go, welcome back everybody to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the anti-pursuit of happiness at this point, <laughs> um, and where we continue to pursue our endless endeavor about bridging the gap between people and information. Absolutely. So coming up on this week's show, like you had mentioned before, we we wanted to talk about local gun legislation, the effectiveness, the effectiveness, and you know efficacy. whether or not the efficacy. There you go, <laughs> efficacy. I don't even think I can say that word of uh, the two-party political system. But I think most of today will probably involve talk about COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Um, yeah, I think that a, probably a good portion of that time will be doing our best to go ahead and deconstruct a lot of the misinformation that's being passed around about it from the very beginning um, as far as, you know, confusion with testing. We're going to cl clarify that. We're going to clarify um, the information around the personal protective equipment. We're going to talk about the different stimulus packages that have come in here. Um, if you've been on Facebook, which I'm sure 90% of America has in this time, it is a cesspool of misinformation regarding what is going on right now. Um, and as we talked about on the way in here, the address from the governor 40 minutes ago didn't necessarily help with that. Um, so we have, in true salt of the streets fashion, done our due diligence to take the last two weeks of our time and make sure that we could compile all of the facts that we could find so we can deliver it to you in a one-stop shop so you guys can understand what's going on. Um, it's confusing. It's scary. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and it's ever evolving too, which is the constantly. other problem. Yeah. Um, the the statistics will come in from the CDC generally every day, every other day. Um, but the the numbers are are so wild. I mean, we've jumped up in the last week from what were we like eight nine hundred before the week started. Now we're up over a thousand. Well, I think the biggest jump that there is to display is the one that happened in Italy with the deaths just a few days ago. Went from four hundred up to three thousand in yeah. a night. You know, um, we can go ahead and I'll double check. I was going to pull up the numbers as we have it here. Yeah, I think I have. Uh, what state am I on? There's a website out there called World O Meter. Have you yes. seen this yet? Yes. And these Excellent are, website. It's the only one really kind of covering these these numbers of any kind of validity. Well, and we can so we can go ahead and start right there. One of the most confusing things about the way that the testing numbers and the infected numbers, the deaths came about, is when they were first being reported, they weren't all being collected from the same place. Yes. Right? The federal government, when they were um, explaining these numbers, using numbers, they were only using numbers from federal facilities, not from any state testing facilities or any private labs that they had 
validated to do these tests, or certified, they had certified to do these tests. And so the numbers that the federal government were providing were so much lower than what you were seeing if you lived in Washington, or if you lived in New York, or you lived somewhere where there were all these infections happening, all these new cases, all these deaths. Um, <clears throat> thank you, guys. <clears throat> um, it, it was startling. You know, it, it started a, a continuation of, of just every day being more and more nervous and more and more confused about what was actually going on. Um, and I mean, even that address from Governor Inslee, what, not even probably wrapped up about 40 minutes ago? Yeah, it started um, at 4.30, yeah. And all he really did was so more, you know, confusion. And I guarantee you, anybody that sees that, is going to be more upset than they were before. So the, the current numbers that we have from this World-O-Meter website... Um, At least we've dropped down said, from like the number four or five to number six now, I think? Yeah, um, which, like we said, is collecting all of the data, the best data that they can from all the countries. And so the current number that we have for coronavirus cases, 275,541, 11,385 deaths, and 91,533 individuals that have recovered from the coronavirus since it started in China in December of 2019, right? Yeah. Um, because it's important to know that this did start at the tail end of last year, um, and there was a lot of confusion—not confusion, deception by deception. the Chinese media, by the Chinese government—that um, led to a huge delay in a Don't lot of what me. was happening here. You Don't do whatever you me. need to do. Um, total deaths in Italy is four thousand. Yeah, and so, um, so I think that it did jump from a few hundred up to three thousand in one night earlier this week. That is not which healthy. Is startling, right? And. These numbers in and of themselves can be deceptive in the way that because so few people were being tested and are actively being tested right now, as they get tested more and more people, the numbers are going to continue to rise. Right? It's so to. it's important to remember that as this is happening, that it is go the numbers will continue to rise the more people are being tested, regardless of whether or not more people are continually being infected by the virus or with the virus. The number is going to keep going up until all of the potentially infected people have been tested, right? Until we know everyone who has it, the numbers are going to keep going up. And that's everyone has been, everyone in the federal government has been talking about the, the peak. You know, they're trying to crest the peak or flatten the peak, whatever flatten it is. Flatten the curve. Flatten maybe. the curve. That's what it is. Thank you very much. Um, and that's what they're talking about. They're trying to flatten the curve of the amount of cases that is continually increasing, right? So the goal, obviously, is to get to that peak, to that flattened part of the curve where that's that's the peak. That's where we know how many people are having it. At this point, we can make a solid effort to move forward and cure people, make it better, get this done with, right? China that's, has hit yeah. this curve. There's a couple of countries, smaller countries, that have hit this. China's not a small country, but a couple of other countries that have hit this curve as well. Um, and so we are doing everything that we can as a country. I think I can say that honestly. We're doing everything we can as a country to try and reach that curve. It seems to be that everybody has a different way of going about it, whether you are the governor of New York, the governor of Washington State, the governor of Oregon, the governor of California, the mayor of San Francisco, the mayor of New York City. Everyone has a different way of going about this. The mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, who happens to be just very, very concerned about the arts in this time. Just know that. (laughs) She wanted to make sure that of the $200 million that Jay Inslee pulled from the emergency the emergency fund at least part of that went to the arts in this time just know 
Absolutely. That that's, that that's her concern. Not that I'm saying that the arts aren't important, because believe me, this is an art. What we're doing right here. I was going to say, but, where's but my in, bailout? in a time where people are dying and you are forcing people to stay home, I don't know that maintaining the arts in Seattle, one of one of the most artistic cities in this country. I don't know that that's necessarily the biggest concern right now. I don't think that the arts are really going to go anywhere. If we're going to track off onto a slight detour, I believe that art is generally inspired by sadness, depression, the best thing, the best writing, the best music, all of that. Angst, sadness, negative emotions that are positively channeled into something beautiful. You know, my last concern would be what the state and quality of the arts are going to be on the other end of this coronavirus pandemic. It's going to be the probably some of the best. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be some of the best art we've seen in years. That's what we're going to see. So in other words, uh, small victories. Is that what we're, we're looking at there? It's a strange, it's a strange time to be alive. It is um, a very strange time to be alive because if you're feeling like this is highly unusual, and you have no basis of context for this. That's because this hasn't happened since 1918, roughly, when the Spanish flu hit. Yeah. Or as they're dubbing it now, because apparently <clears throat> calling viruses where they're originated from has become well uh, PC taboo. So we can start here, right? Because I think that's healthy. The Spanish flu didn't start in Spain. Okay. The Spanish flu... For the most modern thinking, from what I could gather from the History Channel, right, mm-hmm. is that it may have started in China just as this one here. The more modern thing, or the more mainstream thinking, is that it started at a military base in Kansas, or that it started in Canada during the Second World War, right? Or during the First World War, I'm sorry. Which would so, make sense. <clears throat> and it's called the Spanish flu because the Spanish were the first to honestly cover it, and the Spanish king or president at the time died of the flu. Whoa. So... That's why it's called the Spanish flu. But this does not negate the point here. And let's be very, very clear, right? We are not by any means defending anyone's use of this term because it's stupid when it comes down to it, right? But the president in the last just week or so has come under mm-hmm. serious fire for using the term Chinese flu, right? Chinese virus. He's tweeted out all the time. At first, at first, according to the president, and it seems to match up chronologically, at first it did come in retaliation from stories from the Chinese media that this virus was started in the United States Army and brought over to China, possibly in an effort to infect the Chinese people. Because that's totally makes sense. It's patently false, right? The president that we have, very egotistical man, very bold man, maybe not necessarily the best way, um, was quick to dismiss this uh, in his own way by calling it a Chinese virus, continuing with that. And ever since he got any pushback, it's, you know, this is the way President Trump works. Yes. If he says something that annoys people, he's going to continue to say it just because it annoys people. Well, then today... Mike Pompeo, Mike Pompeo yep. also said Chinese virus while they're doing the uh, the press briefing for the coronavirus. I think it's important to remember, or at least understand, that at this point, anybody using the term Chinese virus in the administration is 100% trolling the media and trolling the American people. That's what it is. It is not because in the White House and in the West Wing, they are referring to this openly as the Chinese virus, because that's probably not how it's being talked about. Right. When President Trump is going to be out there and he's going to talk to the media about it, that he's had the chance over the last two or three days to take open shots at, he's going to call it the Chinese virus. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't. It's not PC. It's a little bit offensive. But but to but to turn around and call it racist, I don't think 
is necessarily correct, right? And the best thing, as I'm listening to Start Here today, right? Start Here oh, yeah. by ABC, usually a super good podcast, usually really pretty on the mark, you know? It's not very left or right or anything like that. The way that they're covering this Chinese virus spin is did not even mentioning the fact that the media ever called it anything like that. Just that, you know, earlier this week, the president started calling it this. Yeah. So... Again, I'm not justifying, neither of us, I don't think, are justifying the president's use of the term Chinese virus because it's... It's, it's obviously trollery at this point. Right. And it's, it's not something he should be doing. But the dishonesty of the openly left-leaning media to act like it was never used that way is incredibly disingenuous, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't love Steven Crowder. In fact, I, there's a lot of things I disagree with about Steven Crowder, right? Yeah. Posted a video earlier this, earlier this week. The first few minutes of it is at least a dozen clips of CNN, MSNBC, different clips of them, different anchors. Even at a town hall, Anderson Cooper and Bernie Sanders, or Anderson Cooper calls it the Wuhan coronavirus, right? And then a series of articles, screenshots, where they're calling it the Wuhan virus, the Wuhan coronavirus, right? Yeah. Which it doesn't. If you ask me, I think the Wuhan virus is a more acceptable term than the Chinese virus. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. in the beginning, it was referred to as the Wuhan coronavirus, right? No one in the media ever called it the Chinese virus. No. And I think that's part of what makes it really kind of offensive, right? It's not racist. I'm not saying that it's racist. And I offensive isn't even the right term. It's just not PC. It's just not PC. You know what I'm saying? It's not politically yeah. correct. So people here who are super politically correct, and they don't like it. You know, they're, they're not going to like it. They're going to call it racist because, as we know from watching anything happen, unfold in left-leaning media, you do anything bad and you're racist. It's, it's immediate. Right? Yeah, at least in these and, days. Yeah. Certainly in these days. And especially um, if you're the president. And I hate to continue to qualify, but I think that it's so important that we're clear that we are not advocating for the use of the term Chinese virus. And we ourselves do not openly refer to it as the Chinese virus because it's not the right way to talk about it. But to... But to turn it as, to try and spin it as the man being a racist for using the term Chinese virus, I think is just it's so disingenuous. Yeah, you it's, know, it's perfect. It's I, disingenuous is about as perfect a, an approach I think as you can do it. I don't think that they need to try this hard to take the man down. No. So, <laughs> if you watched the press conference today, I don't know if you did. I'm sure that you did the one. I did. The one that happened today, right? Which was probably the worst of the week, bad. I think. They've right? gotten progressively worse. Right? And they just, started really pretty good. And yeah. they've gotten progressively worse since then. And I will say that I do, before we get into like the context of it, they've been doing daily coronavirus press briefings yes. every single day. And they're usually about, what, 9 in the morning, our time? Yeah, about 9 so. o'clock, and they go for about an hour, hour and a half. And the mm-hmm. president will talk, Mike Pence will talk, Alex Azar, is that what his name? Alex Azar? Yeah, yeah, Azar. Alex Azar, yeah. who is the acting head of the Department of, of Human Services. Is that what Yeah, Health is? and Human Services. Yeah, that's the acting department yep. of Health and Human Services. Dr. Um, Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's the head of the, like, it's the Foundation for Infectious and Allergenic Diseases or something like that. It's a, a long acronym. Um, all these people will take turns speaking, providing updates on the amount of cases, what they're actively doing to try and remedy these problems that are going on, um, and then take questions for the other half of it, right? And so today, I wish I could remember what the question was that he was asked, um, the president, but he got asked a question, like, and then they said, what do you think about this? This is why I think about a lot of things. I think about a lot of things. <laughs> it's just, 
just the amount of trollery is it's hilarious to watch. But he's obviously getting irritated. When I, I watch this one on my TV instead of on my phone, it oh. looks terrible. He looks terrible. And I don't mean like, oh, the president looks so I mean like he looks terrible. He looks exhausted. He looks like he's only sleeping for six hours a day, four hours a day, which is not good, right? It, nope. It's not good. It's, it's I don't know how out of the and it's how things happen in government in times like this. Yeah, but it's not healthy for for a man of his age, as objectively as possible, right? For a man who has a horrible diet, who by all reports drinks an insane amount of diet coke, watches an insane amount of TV every day. To not be getting sleep, to not be eating healthy, and to be exposing yourself continuously to people all the time. Even if they work in government, they're cleaning themselves, they're being clean. That's not safe. No. It's not safe for him to be doing all these things. For his health, it's not safe. Because you're lowering I, your immune system. It's not And good. you're making yourself you know? more and more susceptible. And the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief of the most powerful armed forces on the entire planet, cannot be risking his health at this you know in the middle of a worldwide mm-hmm. pandemic i mean i know that's kind of a the same thing when i say worldwide pandemic but it's it's not good yeah and so i don't i don't know the man personally i'm not making any you know you sure i i don't know him <laughs> personally um but i did have a moment today and this is a little bit of a side i had a moment today when i was watching the press conference and i was looking at the president and I'm thinking, you know, he just looks terrible like all this. And I'm looking at his tan. And I was <laughs> trying to think about whether or not he did the same thing when he was on The Apprentice. Because I don't know. I didn't watch The Apprentice. I don't know whether or not he – it doesn't matter. It was just a person I just started thinking, right? And so I'm – I wonder if he did this when he's on The Apprentice, right? And so I'm trying to think back, well, how many episodes of The Apprentice have I watched? Does he always have this tan? Is it just something he did now? Did he do it back then? But the cameras weren't as good, so I didn't know he was doing it back then. What's the story behind this, right? Or and, much more makeup time. And then once I reach this point of like, oh, I don't know because I don't watch The Apprentice. <laughs> Good God, Donald Trump is really our president right now. And it wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. But it was like, this is a blew my mind a little bit, you know, just mm-hmm. a, a re-realization of like we <laughs> – Donald Trump is the president. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's weird, you know. Donald and Trump not, is the president and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Because the closest thing you can relate it to is, is – I don't know what to do with that. I really don't. The closest thing you can relate it to is Ronald Reagan being the president, right? And I don't mean in the sense of like – Because he was outside thing. politics Either originally? outside politics. Ronald Reagan was an actor for an extremely long time. He's a mm-hmm. public figure. People knew who he was not for being a politician but because he was an actor for so long. People know who Donald Trump is not because he's such an incredible politician or such an incredible businessman because they're constantly talking about how much money he lost and how many times he went into bankruptcy – they well, know him because he was on TV. And know? before that, he was a darling of, you know, the entertainment industry and the media in general. Right. You know, I he just was, thought it was interesting. It you remember back when he was once compared to a, uh, you know, a younger Robert Redford of yes. his time? <laughs> yeah. And you go, yeah. what? It's, it's not relevant completely. And I'm not trying to say that the president having been the host of The Apprentice is directly related to his ability to govern. Right. I'm not making this accusation. I'm I'm just trying to be clear that I'm not taking shots at him because he was on TV at one point in time. This was just a, a moment I had. Of, like, good God, this man was really the host of The Apprentice for X amount of years. And now he's the president of the United States. <laughs> and it's just a it's just a weird thing to try and quantify in your head sometimes. It you is. Know? This is where we're at. We're three years in. You know, I, I obviously this is where we're at. But it's just a strange thing sometimes. So I think most of what we're going to do today is going to be deconstructing the false narratives that we've seen. Because there's been quite the few. And it's going to be really easy to use those 
to share the proper information. Right? <laughs> and, and that's essentially how I've constructed these notes that I have here um, is just by the issues that have come up or the lies that have come up. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be easy to, to work through these things here. But first, I have some coronavirus shopping tips right before we get into um, this this thing here. Okay. Um, and I'll run these past you and we'll, we'll see what you think. Right? So what is requiring you to come up with these tips? Because we so, have been out shopping in the world. Right. So I'm sure many people know, but if you live in a state, West Virginia maybe, where there's one, two cases of the coronavirus, things are relatively chill where you come from. It is terrible here um, in regards to trying to get into any type of store. Costco is horrible. Obviously, I'm sure many people know the horror stories. No toilet paper, no this, no that, no this, no that, anything. <laughs> Let me put it in some terms that many different people can understand, right? I want to go to Sports and Warehouse today to try and buy some ammunition, obviously. That's what people are doing right now. So Sports yeah. and Warehouse opens an hour later during this time for cleaning, for restocking, for whatever. They're, can't be restocking because they're ancient inside the nope. but, um So I'm there, and I pulled up at 9.15 because usually they open at 9, and so they're open at 10 now. So when it got some gas, came back. It's like 9.30. There's already people starting to line up outside of Sportsman's to get in. Right. I went to Sportsman's on Tuesday and on Tuesday they were counting the amount of people coming because only 49 people can be in a store at a certain time. I don't know if they're doing, do they do this at Walmart when you were there earlier today? No one was counting. Walmart does their own thing because you can still get plastic bags at Walmart. I don't know what the deal is. In Kitsap County in Washington, we don't have plastic bags here anymore. Walmart, you can still get plastic bags there. Walmart and Paul's is still in Kitsap County and you don't pay for them. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. If Walmart just completely operates on its own rules or if they just don't care. Or they're too big to mess with. I don't know. I'm not sure. But you can totally still bag all of your groceries in plastic bags at Walmart, right? That was the thing. So you saw plastic bags at Walmart. Certainly in the self-checkout area, there's still plastic bags there. Definitely. Um, Whether or not they're using them at the regular thing, you know, a checkout stand. Who knows? Um this just shows anyway, you how much I go to Walmart. <laughs> it's terrible, right? So, so when I went to go into Sportsman's, they're only letting 49 people in at a time because they're mm-hmm. limiting buildings besides Walmart apparently to 50 people at a time, under 50 people. So there's two people at the door counting how many people go into Sportsman's. And as wow. you go into Sportsman's, there's limits on smokeless powder for reloading, on casings you can buy, on actual bullets that you can buy. Like like the actual the thing that go when you're reloading your own bullets, I mean, the actual lead that goes into it, there's a limit on that. Two boxes of ammunition per person, regardless of caliber, regardless of anything. Two boxes. Which is right? a tighter restriction than it was earlier when this When I week. went on Tuesday, it's Friday now. When I went on Tuesday, it was three boxes per caliber per person per day. So you could go in and buy 12 different boxes of ammunition as long as it was four different calibers, right? Yep. So that's not a thing anymore. Two boxes of ammunition straight across the board. Super weird. That's not very much, right? Let me tell you, if you if you own an AR-15, a sporting style rifle, that's only that's only 40 rounds of ammunition. And that's not very fast. If you think about how quickly you can you can do this 40 times, that's how quickly you can waste 15, 18 dollars worth of ammunition. Yeah. Which is a matter of 10 seconds. Yeah. When there's not a perceived shortage of ammunition, that's a fun thing to do with, you know, if you're out you know, shooting safely with your friends on a range or something like that. It can be fun, but you're okay with dropping $18 worth of ammunition then in 30 seconds. These times when you're not going to waste it in the woods, you know, you're not going to waste it at a range when you're keeping it for your house because people are getting crazy out because people are taking things out of people's carts, out of people's homes, out of people's Mm -hmm. cars. You buy 
out of people's arms. You, you buy things like this so that you can protect your family, so you can protect your home, so you can protect the things that you bought so other people don't take them from you. If you don't live here, it's really weird here right now. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to overhype it. I'm not saying there's people looting in the streets actively right now, but people are palpably weird. It, if you go out in public, they are, you can feel it around you. People are watching, people are vigilant, they are scared, they're on edge. They are not in the normal place that they would be. And if you've never been here, I'm sure everyone thinks that it's just a bunch of liberals and a bunch of whatever. People are generally pretty nice here. They're pretty cordial. They're pretty open yeah. for that same reason that you think everyone's a big liberal. They got nothing They got nothing to be afraid of. So they're just open. They're really pretty cool. It's not like that here right now. It's really weird. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's just – it's incredibly impossible to describe. But just – being out and about, there is almost no traffic on the road at any point in time. Oh my god! I was going through rush hour the other day, and, and when we—that's the woman that told me that she couldn't get a crown. Oh, that's wild! I tell were, tell I the were, story I real woman. quick. Word. So now in the state of Washington, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. That no, blew that's my mind. Perfect. That just blew my mind. So in the state of Washington, they have currently suspended all elective surgeries, dental, and standard medical. And so I work with a woman. We're talking about it. We're having our meetings at work. You know, our bosses are super great. Bombarders, they're telling everyone, this is what's going on. This is happening. Don't worry. We got you. You know, we're going to figure out whatever. So one of the women that I work with who just walked by here, which is weird because I work like 40 minutes from here. She just walked by here. And she said that she can't get a crown because she has to. It's apparently an elective surgery. Apparently it's not. It's not medically a necessary. Yeah, her crown yeah. is not medically necessary at this time. I'm sure it doesn't feel good because if you're getting crowned, it's for some type of reason. Even if it's not life threatening, it's not an emergency. It can't feel good to have whatever is going on in your mouth that's going to require a piece of gold to be plated over it, right? If you're lucky, I never get the gold. Well, if it's a crown, it's gold, right? Well, I don't know. Not for my military dentist that I went to. I, I thought that that was the designation. I, I have never had. Gold in my mouth, and I am I am so highly upset at that because I've had like I don't know three or four fillings. Okay, if anyone knows who was watching, please tell me why you would or would not have gold in your mouth. Because I okay, I can see it as a solid a investment. Use gold on your teeth. How about that? There you go. Um, because because I thought that that's what the designation one was. A crown was gold, and then a filling was like this. Oh no, no no no! Just know? a crown is just it's the. It's just a whole. It's cap. what it is. Yeah, it's the cap that goes on. It's a whole crown of wow. your tooth that they replace. What? Sometimes <laughs> well, yeah. I don't think that that's ridiculous. I don't think that I'm the only person watching this or involved in this. Maybe here in front of me, but I don't think that I'm the only person that thought that that's what a crown. Is. Your mom says that they don't use gold any longer, so apparently gold just doesn't even exist in the dental industry anymore. And I don't know. Apparently, you can still get a crown, and it's just not made of gold. So whatever crowns are made of now. This is what this woman is not able to get implanted in her mouth because of what's currently going on. Yes. Because like it's not deemed medically – it's not a medical emergency essentially. Yeah. Whether or not it's made out of gold, it can't be comfortable, you know? No. So it's really weird that you just walk by here because that's that so, so incredibly wild. random. So that's just one of the many limitations going on. After I went to Sportsman's, I went to Costco because it's right there in Silverado. They're right next to each other. So I went to Costco – there wasn't anyone counting people at Costco. They're just kind of letting people just so maybe Costco and Walmart get to operate. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a surface area thing. I because I can't imagine the Sportsman's is that much smaller than Costco. Sportsman's is a pretty huge store. Yeah, as far as square footage, it's pretty massive. Anyway, however, they decided 
right? Costco mm-hmm. and Walmart aren't counting how many people are going in there. So I went into Costco. And there's limitations on weird things. Milk, eggs, um, protein bars, toilet paper, paper towels. There's a sign outside an A-board written on things that they don't have anymore. We don't wow. have hand sanitizer. We don't have Clorox wipes. There is no toilet paper. There is no paper towels here. If you came here for those things, just leave now. And <laughs> so that's a good thing. But they're like constantly bringing new stuff in, you know, and as I'm mm-hmm. going through there, I'm listening to people talk to the different employees and there's an employee standing there. It's like, listen, ma'am, honestly, we don't know when it's coming in. We have yeah. no idea. We don't. There are not enough truckers to move all of the inventory that the stores are requiring right now. So they're making double trips. They're doing all these things like there aren't enough people with CDLs who are qualified to, to drive these loads to the different stores. Yeah. And so they don't know when things are coming in. There's no traffic. There's no... <clears throat> tracking as far as the trucks are concerned Mm -hmm. Um, and this is all because as it's been pointed out multiple times throughout the week and everything we have no problems with our what we call our supply chains with the correct the the companies that manufacture all the goods that you go and you buy at the stores the problem that we're experiencing is everybody is continuing to panic buy. So everybody goes in, they load up with as much as they possibly can. So it's just it's just impossible for stores to keep their their shelves stocked fully. Yeah. Every day because you just they're not used to getting that much business well, essentially. The, and the way that modern shopping works now, or the way that modern stores do their inventory, is when they have like a minimum and a maximum. You know, their maximum is at the end of the shelf. This is when we're fully stocked. This is how much we'll have. And then there's a point on the shelves where this is the minimum that we should have before we need to order again and then it needs to be replenished. Mm-hmm. When people are buying everything, those minimum and maximums get thrown way off. So your maximum the next day that should be out to the shelf is only halfway up because all of it was purchased the day before. The longer that continues to happen, there's no way to meet that up if more and more and more people are buying, right? So my first shopping tip, right, because this is very relevant, the first coronavirus shopping tip is it's already too late. But we're just <laughs> kidding because it's not. Calm down. Chill out. When you go to the store, when my wife went grocery shopping today, she bought our regular groceries plus just a little bit, right? A little bit extra. I even wrote on there extra peanut butter. Buy one more peanut butter, right? Whether or not she did, I don't know. But I wrote it. She did. So I didn't check. I trust her. I didn't check. I wasn't going to call her out. I'm just saying. I didn't ask, so I'm not going to assume. But she did. She's responsible. She bought an extra peanut butter. We have a little bit of extra stuff. Sounds like I'm not going to work on Monday. I don't know if you listened to the governor before you came here. That's why she's married to you, Don. Right. So she doesn't have to put herself through that. 4.30, the governor, governor of Washington State, came on and he announced that you know, he's just this close to shutting down the state and that people are taking it seriously enough. Yeah. And so he is doing the same thing that Chris Cuomo did. And any non-essential personnel are not to go to work anymore. So I haven't talked to my boss. I haven't heard from Tim or Dan. I don't expect them to call me five seconds after it ends. I'll find out, I'm sure, before Monday whether or not I'm supposed to show up to work. It doesn't sound like I'm supposed to go into work. So it's really we'll, starting to sound that way. Yeah. Um, it, it really is. <laughs> Jay Inslee is... Basing this off of the traffic numbers, Department of Traffic um, yes. numbers, you know, they're taking the tolls and, and everything, and that's how they're deciding how many people are out, which is too many people. Uh, During many the presentation, these, I mean, he brought up a board with some graphs that shows traffic density or traffic volume on the major throughways in and around King County. Mm-hmm. And this is how he justified his saying that we are not doing enough. We're not doing our part as citizenry. Us closing down our businesses 
losing our livelihoods, missing out on work, getting fired and furloughed is not enough to apparently to to meet whatever ends he's trying to do. And so he I mean, the whole thing was so patronizing. It sounded like a parent scolding his the children. And at the end of the day, it just it does not sound like we're going to have a good ending. He threatened legislation if things do not turn around. Yeah. What the time frame is on that, I don't know. Well, he said that these orders, right, these executive yeah. orders from the governor were enforceable by law as they are. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. I have no idea. He also said that when he came, when he closed the bars earlier this week, when we heard talking about earlier this yep. week, he said that if you saw more people out, you know, I really don't want to call in the police. I don't want to, you know, enforce it with the police, but I'll do it. I got to do it. And I don't know whether or not that's true. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how how well the police department is going to enforce those things. It's, I mean, it's getting really weird out here, and I don't. I don't have a warm fuzzy about it. We'll just say that much. And it's it's not because of the, the virus it's a, itself. It's from all of our reactions to this virus yes. and not having enough data, which as we get, get further and further into the podcast, we're going to go into some of those rabbit holes and find out, you know, some of the fallout even thus far, just in our state and our local community, not to mention the nations and the world economy here, but... You know, we'll get into some more of that later, but it's it's safe to say that it's not good. People are on edge. People are losing out on their livelihoods. There's, I mean, we'll talk more about each of like the the stimulus packages and the, yeah. the support packages later. But you know, the government is trying to provide assistance, and I just don't think it's going to be enough, or it's in the right direction, or you don't think anything. three trillion dollars is enough money, and that doesn't seem oh, it is. Like if you just gave it to everybody. But anyway, we'll get into more of that later. I was going to say, I pulled up some statistics real quick on the the gun sales and the background check numbers and stuff in Kitsap County, Bellevue. Um, there's a NPR from the KUOW, which is our local NPR station here, yes. talking about the massive increase in the amount of background checks that have been to date this year. Um, King County alone courses. in 2019 handled... 11,499 background checks as of March 13th. So this was last week, the end of last week, beginning of this week, the office had handled already 77,398. So we are more than doubled already what the amount of background checks we got last year in the entire year. And it's only mid-March. Wow. So if that doesn't speak to why sportsmen is limiting everybody in their stock, right. you're that's also, what it is. You're also limited to one pistol purchase and one rifle purchase per day at Sportsman's right now, uh, which... Because that's that is a real thing. But if, if the gun purchasing spike doesn't speak to the true nature of how terrified everybody is, or we'll just say how uncertain everybody is, right. I don't really know what other metric you can use. It's certainly not going to be traffic statistics from King County. Um, so that's... Anyway, shop, shopping tips. What else we got? Uh, well, before we do that, I have one uh, one person here that we, we both know pretty well that uh, is commenting on our discussion of Jay Inslee, the shutting down of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of it as a classroom of children. Most are sitting politely. Some are not. Those who are not are going to cost us our recess. At least that's how I explain it to my nine-year-old. And that I, makes a lot of sense. I, I would agree um, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily disagree but 
That's the that's but the feel I got from it. At and least. there's there's more at risk here, in my opinion, than just freedom to go outside. You know, you're not talking about a bunch of children. You're talking mm-hmm. about people with inherent rights to do certain things that are being stripped from from them without, in some people's opinions, a solid justification for doing so. You know, yeah. I I'm here, as are you, in only to spread positive, not positive, but true information, only to spread facts, right? But I can tell you positively from my personal opinion, I'm much more scared of the government and the people in this state than I am of the virus that is going on. Yeah. I'm much more concerned about the quickness to arguably infringe on certain rights in under the guise of protection and personal health. You know, yeah. Personal protection, personal Public health. safety. I, I understand it. I, I certainly understand. I'm not saying that there's no reason to be doing it. I'm not saying that it's completely unjustified. What I'm saying is that it makes me incredibly nervous to see things happening in my state that from my fairly well-informed position seem like they are slightly more exaggerated than the situation is warranting. I'm not saying that it's not extreme. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. People are dying all the time. There are thousands of people that are sick, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. I'm saying... You're asking the question. I'm saying that I'm being told that... You know, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. just... I'm not sure about it, you know? And again, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to dissuade anyone. I'm not trying to tell anyone to not be concerned. This is serious. It needs to be taken seriously. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I just want to be very, very clear about that. But I... I get you. The level of government involvement has me very concerned. Very, very concerning to me. Um, The dichotomy between protecting public health and infringing on our our God-given rights, according to our Constitution, is... It's a difficult balancing act to try to walk because at, on one hand if you gave everybody freedom to just run around and do whatever they wanted this thing spread like wildfire and at this point we don't even know what the death toll would look like because we don't have we don't have we don't have great numbers to look at right now yeah right the the best numbers we can look at are from other countries like Italy that have done certain things to try to counteract its spread and so on. And we're seeing the fallout now because it, it had affected them a little bit earlier, yeah. obviously. And so we're all trying to take lessons, at least the federal government is, from other nations and what they're doing. There's been a lot of talk about the, the South Korea model. There's been a lot of talk about the, the failures in the Italian model. And, and we're trying to learn these different things. And at this point, our only defense against... Our only defense towards, you know, rounding the curve or whatever, flattening the curve is social isolation and, you know, shutting down the economy. Okay, so I think that, I think I figured out where I'm at, right? Because I think that I'm struggling with the state shutdowns, the shelter at home orders Mm -hmm. for the same reason that I struggle with the price gouging laws, right? Okay. And the reason that I struggle with this is because I struggle with the concept of legislating morality, right? Yes. I I I think personally that price gouging is morally wrong. I yes. think that it is morally wrong to purchase something and to sell it to someone who is at a disadvantage for any type of ludicrous market. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that personally I think that that's morally wrong. I also find myself in a weird position that I don't 
know that you can legislate morality into the society. You, you cannot. You, you cannot. And it concerns me that this same address that we saw today from Jay Hensley, where he's talking about people need to stay home because of this, because of this, he is justifying it with the moral responsibility that people have, that businesses have to stay at home and look after these people. And I'm not saying you don't have a moral responsibility to look after your the people that are older than you and might die, right? Yeah. Because you certainly do. But I don't, I don't trust a legislation or a legislator that is using morality to justify a law that they're putting in place because morals are different for everyone, right? And that's the, that's the very reason that you can't legislate morality is that everyone has different morals. There are some people who believe in extremely, extremely hardcore free market principle and ideal mm-hmm. that think that price gouging is part of the economy. That's part of how it goes. If you enter a free market system, people are going to get price gouged, and that's how it's going to go. I don't agree with that because we talked about it. that's a busted system, in my opinion. Oh, that's yeah. a broken market. That's yes. not a market that is serving the people that are taking part in it, yep. right? But when you have people whose morality sits one end, I think that everyone should be able to do whatever they want, sell whatever they want. And on one end, the government needs to regulate everything that everyone buys all the time so it stays at this price. You can't. Put one law in place that's going to match for both of those people. No. You, know, you cannot legislate morality. And when you're using your own morals as a justification for this law, that concerns me. Because that's fine. And it, right now, it's something that we can both agree on. Right now, we can both agree that it is our moral imperative to make sure that our grandparents are not getting sick and dying. Right? Yes. But this is the first step as could be the first step, especially when you're talking about bringing in National Guard, using military, government shutdowns, all these things. You're using morality to justify these things that is already extremely concerning to me. So I don't know, as a concerned and scared citizen who's at sportsman buying ammo, not that I don't have some, because just before I take shots from anyone else in the prepper community, oh, you should have. You <laughs> but when I'm there, that concerns me. Things are already happening that don't necessarily match up with my morals, and that's what's being used to justify them. And I think that that's a legitimate concern. I think that's a very legitimate concern to not agree with this necessarily because it doesn't match with your morals. Not because you want people to get sick or you don't think it's a big deal or you don't think it's a problem, but you don't necessarily agree with the way this is being done. Same way the media is coming out, we think President Trump should have done this. We think President Trump should have done this. That's fine. These are different policy concerns, Mm -hmm. you know? And we're going to get into all that, but that's, I think it's reasonable to be scared right now. I think it's reasonable to be hesitant to trust what's coming out of this when there's been so much confusion, mm-hmm. you know, when things like this happen that don't provide any clarity to the situation, just that you're not doing your job and I'm watching you because I'm tracking how many people are on the roads. That's how I know you're not doing your job. And so I'm going to make sure that you do your job. <laughs> that's, that's really concerning. Slightly that's totalitarian. Really concerning to me, you know, yeah. and I know that I'm a pretty reasonable dude. And there's a lot of people in this state, in this country, that are way less reasonable than I am. You know, they've already got their tin hats on. I'm sitting oh, yeah. here talking about it, telling people this is this is raising my ears. You have people with tin hats on already. You know what I'm saying? And I don't. I guess my big point is I don't think that it's unreasonable to be hesitant or to be concerned about what's going on and not just be taking this on the face of what it is, you know? Um, Apart from the the virus itself is what you're certain, saying, the, yes. the response from. Yes, yes. The, the policy decisions that are coming down from different governors, different governments, different administrations, mm-hmm. you know, I think it is reasonable to be concerned about those things. Just the same way that you can be concerned about how much money is being blasted into the economy, you can be concerned about whether or not you think shutting down the whole state is the right way to handle this. 
you know? Yeah. And I think that's important. We could touch on the fact that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom of California made the announcement uh, last night about uh, shutting down the state. The entire state of California now is in a state of shutdown. Essential services obviously are running every Every state is tending now to have a couple different little industries they consider to be essential. Yeah. Um, I know in California, the public transportation system is considered essential, so they're keeping those up and running. Um, but there are there are tons of things, tons of industries that are closing down. Um, restaurants and bars obviously started to close down Movie in theaters? Washington State last or two weeks ago. A week and a half. No, it was on Monday. It was on Monday. Yeah. All it time. just feels it's been a like really it's been long that week, long. bro. It's been a really long week, and that speaks to the weirdness. You know, it's it's this weird feeling of that something is off everywhere you go. Everything you do outside, just driving to work in the morning feels weird because there's less cars on the road. There's less yeah. people out there. When I come home now, there are I've seen at least a dozen people out on the side of the road just going for walks. Which is never a thing I've, I'd ever see before this whole thing started. Um, when did the the White House guidelines for the 15 day slowdown start? That was Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Yeah. So we're not even a full week into it. Oh boy! So that means we have until basically the end of next week then for to, the 15 days for the 15 days to uh, yeah to I carry mean, on. Who knows what. <laughs> that's when we started to see a real drastic change, I think. We have um, someone here in the comments. If people in Cali are to shelter in place, why is public transportation essential? I think that's, that's a very good question. A, <laughs> I think that that's a very legitimate you, you gotta remember it's California. <laughs> Not everything makes sense there. It's it is strange. I think it's because uh, you know, most of their major metropolitan areas, were, you know, nobody has, car- you know, not a lot of people have cars and they yeah. rely on public transport to to even to get to those essential jobs they have. Yeah. And so they can't cut off that lifeline because then they're kneecapping themselves already. You know, if for I it's mean, essential for the people who are essential, who are employees of essential industries. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because if, they likely don't have cars, like you said. Yeah. To put it in context for it's a, a more convoluted, though, it is. But it, to put it in like a local context, think about the shipyard, right? They have that that bus shuttle service that is specifically the out there driver bus. for the worker driver bus. That's what it's called. Oh, I had no idea. So the worker driver worker bus, driver all on the side of it. You know, can you imagine if every industry shut down, including public transport, and now all those people that take the worker driver bus to the base, if the base was still operating, yeah. they wouldn't be able to get there now. The base isn't going anywhere. No, the base, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to shut down, which is important because that I, it's got to be the number one employer in Kitsap County, at least. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about that before. I think the government is the number one employer in this state. It has to be. Between the two Navy bases we have. And all the different contractors, I'm pretty certain that they're the number one, the number yeah, one employer there's gotta in the state. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, so we can, go, we can move on to... You got more shopping tips? Here. My last shopping tip is stay strapped or get clapped. That is the last <laughs> shopping tip. You know, it's... Um, oh, and order takeout. Order from your local businesses. Purchase things from your local businesses. That's part of why we're here doing this today instead of in Colin's house or in my basement somewhere or in Morgan's house doing something like that. We're here today because we were going to be here no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. And well, not no matter what, but we were going to be here originally, and we want to do everything that we can to continue to try and support local businesses because we see that they're obviously struggling in this time. They're not allowed to continue to operate. The only thing that they can do if you're a restaurant or bar is is do uh, takeout or service. Takeout. Thank you. I cannot. Yeah. yeah takeout service. You know, uh, order out, drive up on the car side to go. Thank you. I'm. <laughs> You're missing on that one. Right. I will say that uh, I would like to thank Divine Wines for hosting us here still through this whole chaos and everything. That was a beautiful round of applause, my friend. Um, Not enough for everyone. And I just wanted to make sure to tell everybody that you are in- if you are interested in procuring bottles of wine from Divine Wines, here. you can definitely do that. You can, if you're watching on the Divine Wine live Facebook stream you can i'm sure you could probably even hit up somebody in the comments there you can call the wine bar we have their number posted on all of our streams right now um if i was smart i would have written that down so that i could say it out loud on the podcast so it's three six zero two nine two nine seven three zero one zero three zero one zero Three six zero two nine seven three zero one zero. Call the wine bar. Make your bottles of wine come to you, or so I guess good. you can come pick them up. But either way, um, but is it is very important at this point right now to to if you have the liquidity to offer. See, there we go. We got some. We got beautiful red haired gals with bottles of wine. Come and see these women. Purchase wine from them. They'll be wearing salt of the streets shirts if you come down today. Absolutely. Maybe another day because we gave them to them. We didn't make them rent them. Um, so the ain't, first ain't no free lunches out here. <laughs> Everybody's trying to make a living. The first thing that I have here as far as deconstructing narratives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this did start in China, right? Yes. There is, there is no question at this point of where this started, where it came from. It started in China. Um, it started... One of the wet the, markets. The, yeah, the the best theory at this time is that mm-hmm. it started in one of the wet markets in Wuhan, where they <laughs> where they have it's is bad, right? You can look up the videos. I'm not here to denigrate the Chinese people, the Chinese population. There's lots of people. Fox News has been doing all kinds of that shit. Oh yeah, they're they're a hungry people. They're uh you know whatever that guy's that Jesse Waters. They're oh. hungry people. Chinese Jesse Waters is that was the really worst. Bad. Anyway, um. <clears throat> So this did come from China, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, the most common thinking at this point is it came from one of the wet markets. If you look it up, you don't have to. It's pretty disgusting. It's really sad to watch. They just have animals in cages stacked on top of each other, dead animals laid out on the pavement, on the road. There's no cleanliness there. No, it's... We have seen more than one disease come out of a market like this as it is. Um, again, I'm not denigrating the Chinese people. This is This is just... When you have that many people that exist in a country, things like this are going to happen. And the same yep. thing happens, similar things happen in Africa as far as like bushmeat, you know, is one mm-hmm. of the most, that's like how most people survive. And bushmeat is just a general term to regard anything that you can find in the bush, you know, yep. any small animal that you can find and you can eat in the bush. Any that's kind of bushmeat, you know? source of protein that yeah. you can get your hands on. There are a lot of people, as pretty much everyone knows, who are not as fortunate as we are in America to be able to choose what we want to eat, want to eat every time we decide what we want to eat. You know, it's a wild concept when you think about it. Who take what they get and that's what they have for the day or they have nothing. I mean, just in the terms of human evolution, right? And where we've come as as a species, the fact that we can 
we've become so disconnected with all of our food sources that we just think everything comes from a store. We just go down and pick it up, you know, and, and people get, people get, they let that idea kind of, I don't know, fall to the wayside and they don't understand and, until you have a shortage of Something things, like you know, happens. they get punched yeah. in the mouth real quick. Yeah, yeah. When you go, because you need regular toilet paper, like we did last week and we had to send one of our friends to another store in another town to find toilet paper so that we could just have it at our home. Not to hoard, not to build up a stockpile, but just to have toilet paper because it's being fear-bought by everybody around here, you know? That's... Where... I just need to ask the question because it is the question being asked. Where did this come from? This this toilet paper obsession? I heard, whether or not this is true, right, that there was something that went around Facebook and social media when the Wuhan kicked off, right? When the mm-hmm. Wuhan coronavirus kicked off. I'm bringing it back. We're doing it. This is what it is. It's the Wuhan coronavirus. It's not racist. It's, no. It came from Wuhan wet market. I'm owning it. This is what it is. This is where we're at. I'm not calling it the Chinese flu because that's not right. This is the Wuhan coronavirus, COVID-19. We're out of here. Okay. So, what was I saying? Uh, uh, markets. Um, t- toilet paper. Toilet, toilet paper. paper. Okay. So, Why the toilet paper? When this first happened, right? There was like all these posts going on on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram that there's a bunch of toilet paper factories in Wuhan, China. So there was going to be a toilet paper shortage. So people started buying toilet paper. Stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Like we don't make toilet paper in America. That's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. Anyway, this is... This is, I believe, where this started. Is yeah. There was some big thing about how there's going to be a toilet paper shortage. People start buying. They keep buying. They keep mm-hmm. buying. They keep buying. Um, well, and the problem is this: the social panic sets in. The when you have everybody running out to buy one thing, everybody's going to jump back on board. Yeah, you know, and it's everybody's freaking out. They're all trying to buy toilet paper. Everybody's you know, upset because now there's legitimately no toilet paper on the shelves and, and it just creates this vicious, vicious cycle of, you know, panic buying. Yeah. And it's, it's social unrest. It's social panic. And, and it's that type of stuff that not to bring it back too far, but it's that type of stuff that justifies or in the eyes of legislators justifies price gouging laws, justifies these limits that companies end up having to set on things because people are going in, taking out credit cards just to spend $10,000 in sportsmen's to buy up all the ammo that's there. You know? mm-hmm. So in order to stop things like that, companies have to take a step in before the government does to say, this is what you can buy. This is it. At Costco, one, one thing of milk per membership, one thing of eggs per membership right now, because if you don't, someone will go and buy all of the milk they can fit in their cart and either take it home or they'll sit in the parking lot and try to sell it to other people as soon as it's gone. Because oh. we've already seen that happening. People selling toilet paper. Guy in Tennessee who's already going to, he's going to go to prison because he bought all this Purell and tried to sell it on the upmark for like $2,000 a bottle. Can't be doing Not that. Not only is it wrong, it's illegal right now. That's what you get. This is what happens. Price gouging is illegal. You don't get to do that. And right? you know what's really funny about that whole thing? Is all he had to do was put it up for fair market value, and he would have made a. You'd been just fine. Yeah, you'd have been just fine. Just fine. One more dollar, you still would have made a bunch of money. Yep, it's too much. But now he's stuck with some overpriced Purell and probably a jail sentence in his future. Yeah. Um, So when it in regards to this coming out of China, right? Mm -hmm. There's no question that it came out of China. Um, There was a whistleblowing doctor, the first doctor that died in China because of this, Mm -hmm. because of the coronavirus. 
was attempting to blow the whistle on the virus because they didn't feel that it was being taken seriously enough by the way that it was being reported, silenced by the media and ends up dying from the coronavirus now like two weeks later, right? Yeah. There has been a billionaire, I wish that I wrote down his name, who vanished in China after he wrote an op-ed, a letter criticizing the way that Beijing had handled the coronavirus. There are journalists from the Washington Post, from the New York Times, from the Wall Street Journal that are being expelled from China right now yep. for covering the virus in an honest way. The numbers that started in China varied wildly from day to day. They would go up. They would go down. They were fluctuating, just numbers being made up yep. constantly, right? There is no doubt this came from China. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you hear. Mike Pompeo is not lying just because he's Mike Pompeo. It it. There is no validity to another theory other than this virus originating in China. There yep. is no validity to the idea that the United States military brought it to China. There's Okay, I can't say there's no validity. There is no evidence to support those claims, right? I just don't, in 10 years from now, if someone you know, gets punched <laughs> out of the American military, I don't think they did. That seemed ludicrous, but... You never know. I'm just trying to think about that. So there is no evidence to support those claims. There is no reason to believe those things. There is no reason to believe that it's being exacerbated by the United States government to make China look worse. No. Right? No evidence to support any of these things. There is massive evidence to be insanely suspicious of anything being reported by the Chinese government or by the Chinese media because they are 95 to 100% owned by the Chinese government. Which is no surprising news, and it should not be surprising news to anybody that whatever news, quote-unquote, is coming out from the Chinese propaganda machine, because it is it is ran, ran and operated by the communist dictatorship of China. It's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's, it's state TV everywhere you there go. Are, there are people in China that call themselves citizen journalists. Because in order for them to be able to report honestly on the things that are happening in China, they cannot affiliate themselves with a news agency. They yep. have to just report things and do the best that they can to find out all the best information, right? So that's its own profession, a citizen journalist, not an independent journalist, not yeah. a writer, not a freelance journalist. This is a citizen journalist because they're the only people in China that can really be counted upon to be reporting anything honest. There's also... This horrible saying in China, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. Yeah. Right? And that's exactly why these citizen journalists exist is because the moment that you have someone pop up, the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, they get hammered down. They are kicked out of China for the way that they are trying to report on what is happening there. Mm -hmm. There is no free press in China. There is no freedom of speech. You do not get to do what you want. That's why what was happening in Hong Kong was such a big deal. Because that's the closest thing to democracy that you're ever going to find in China, is what's happening in Hong Kong, still happening in Hong Kong. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's that. I was a quick side note is basically that as soon as the coronavirus became the news, you know, took over the news cycle, all of the 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 democratic protests going on in China or in Hong Kong and their fight for freedom and democracy, democracy and stuff like that, it just vanished overnight. Yeah. We have no concept of what's media, going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not being covered at all anymore um, by the American media, probably just because they think they have bigger fish to fry, you know, yeah. so they're just not going to worry about it anymore. Um, but I don't really see any reason to believe that that would have stopped. You know, there are a lot of people that are 
postulating with no evidence, oh, this happened, you know, it's weird that we haven't heard about the Hong Kong protests since this happened, you know. I don't think that this was, there's not any good evidence to support this being created by the Chinese government and released on the people for any type of political influence. Yeah, no, I'm I not saying that. that it's impossible, but there's no evidence to support that at this time. There's no. a lot of people, not a lot of people, there are people who are questioning and suspicious of the origins of this virus. Mm-hmm. But even the guy that was on Joe Rogan, um, what's Osterholm, what was that guy's first name, whatever, Osterholm, he said that, and we talked about this when when the guy died in Salisbury um, that was killed by the KGB, right, and they used that poison um, oh, yeah, Novichok, that Novi- right? Novichok, um, yeah. The, yeah, when they used that, we learned then that in modern diseases, in modern biological weapons, in modern poisons, there are biological indicators in there that will tell you where that particular thing was constructed if it was constructed, right? When looking at this disease, at COVID-19, Wuhan coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, because I'm not going to judge either way, there is no evidence to suggest that this virus was manufactured in a lab based off of the biological evidence inside of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, Michael Osterholm. So, we cannot assume that that is what happened. I do hear that there are people that are concerned and suspicious of the origins. But on Salt of the Streets, we operate on plausible fact, things we can hold in our hands. There is no evidence to suggest that it was created in the lab. Not even so, a little bit. The next point that I have here. So when coronavirus hit America, right, there was all this concern about a lap in testing time. There's all this time where people weren't being tested. There's tests available by the World Health Organization. Why didn't you take it, Mr. President? Took a lot of fire for this in the beginning stages, we did. right? Let's go this up right now. The end of February, there was 1.4 million coronavirus tests available through the World Health World Health Organization, designed and created by a German scientist and his wife. Pumped in all this stuff, right? We knew in early February that these tests were available. Mm-hmm. They were not ordered and brought to America by the administration. Many people, why wouldn't you do this? The tests are available. The tests are available. Why wouldn't you do this, right? Again, to preface this, this is not a defense of the decision of the administration, but this is the justification for why this happened. In the United States, we have a plethora of bureaucracies that just <laughs> decorate our country with beautiful, beautiful red tape at any chance that they could possibly get. I like how you phrase that. This is something that we ran into in this particular instance. This test that was designed by the German scientist available through the World Health Organization had not been cleared by the FDA for use in America, right? Yep. This is where the opinion comes in. This is where the question in policy comes in. Whether or not you think that it was the right thing to... Before I get to that, mm-hmm. right? The test was not approved by the FDA. So the president and the administration made the decision to design a test in America that was going to be FDA approved that we could use here and would be, by their own justification, good enough for the American people. Right? Yes. The concerns with this test, other than it not being approved by the FDA, because it was not approved by the FDA, well, not because, but one of the reasons it wasn't is because it had the potential to be inaccurate because of its quickness to design. Yeah, right? it was a, I think the number was one in 10 would give a, a an error result. Positive. Yeah, a false positive so, or a false negative. Right. And so this is where we get into the policy difference, right? Yeah. Whether or not you think it was the right idea to wait to not test anyone until we had one test that was FDA approved that we were going to use or 
if you think that it was the right thing to use that test to test people and be making a test that would be FDA approved while we are testing people trying to get a handle on what's going on, right? Yeah. There's many, many people that attribute the steep uptick in cases to this vital period where people weren't being tested. So there are people who did have the virus. They were able to roam free. They were able to go into the nursing home at Kirkland. They were able to treat people in nursing home at Kirkland before we knew what was happening. There were yep. first responders that were there, firemen, firefighters, police officers, EMTs, people there that are first responders that were helping out with people that had coronavirus before we knew that they had it, yep. right? Who were being exposed because they're not using what we see now is the necessary and correct personal protective equipment. They're not using it at the time because they don't know that it's necessary, Yeah, you know? So there is a serious argument to be made about whether or not that was the correct move to make, you know, to not use the tests that were available and let this arguably, you know, grow out of control. That's what a lot of people are saying, you know, or a lot of our media is saying, you know, that this, this was the vital period in which we could try and contain it. And there's an argument being made by our governor, California's governor, New York's governor, the president, that we're still in a vital containment period. And that's why these things are happening. That's why certain governments are being shut down. States are being shut down. Cities are being shut down. Because they're still trying to do their best to contain this virus. Yeah, to slow the spread. A lot of people are thinking that it's too late for that. Because we missed yeah. that window in the beginning to try and find out who had it to try and contain them. Well, not to mention the the incubation period of the virus. Two we weeks. talked about it before. You know, approximately two weeks of incubation before you might see symptoms represent, you know, come to flourishing. Yeah. You know, and in, you know, my majority majoritively in the younger, healthier populations, you may be a carrier and show little to no symptoms whatsoever, indistinguishable from the normal viruses that are floating around during the, you know, the late winter and early spring. Right. The flu, you know, the common cold, allergies, all this different thing. It could be hard to determine whether or not you have, you, you might have coronavirus. You might not. You might be down with a fever for a day and you might bounce back. We had a story break yesterday from um, our very own Kitsap son talking about one of our uh, superior court judges that was tested positive for coronavirus, lives right in Paulsbow. Yeah. And, oh, I forgot where I was going with that. But, I mean, who knows? He, I think, he said he recovered really fast. He said it came on really fast. He, he was down with a fever for a day, cold and flu-like symptoms, and... He's been getting better and better every day. He said he feels yeah. fine now. And he has to self-quarantine along with his... I think he only lives with his wife, so I don't think they have kids in the house. But they have to self-quarantine now until they are symptomatically free for, I think, 72 hours. We have a listener here. Uh, pregnancy tests give false results all the time, and, it's, and it is FDA approved. And that's a lifelong result. And I think that that's a pretty fair argument as, <laughs> as far as to maybe why the test should have been given even if there's a potential for a false positive. At mm -hmm. this time, if any, right? I, I guess this is only a half legitimate argument because it could be a, a false positive and a false negative. If anything, mm -hmm. you want to have some idea of who has it. Yeah. You know? if, if you are no hitting the 90 percentile threshold, I mean, the argument can be made if that anything you want to that's hold. better than nothing. Yeah. You might let 10% slip through and then once you have more regular regular tests available, maybe that's the time that, okay, well, just because I got tested once doesn't mean that I don't have it again, go in and get tested again. I'm not totally sure. 
Well, in the way I see it, you know, you, you use these tests and you hope that it airs on the side of positive. Hopefully there's more false positives than false negatives and we're yeah. holding people to the side for a few more days. And if you end up being clean the next day, oh, well, you're good. We'll let you go. You know? yeah. I would rather, you know what I'm saying, I would just hope that we would just hope that it airs on the side of positive and negative. Mm-hmm. We have more false positives than false negatives. Yeah. You know? And even then, 90%, man. It's pretty good. You know, especially pretty, in an early stage. Good. So I guess if I'm, yeah, if I'm throwing my opinion out, I don't know why. We wouldn't necessarily do that. There was that story, I think, on uh, the Daily or NPR talking about the the clinic over in Seattle that was doing flu testing and stuff like this. And they had the ability to essentially test for coronavirus, but they were not allowed to do that not at FDA any kind approved. of scale because yeah. it was not FDA approved. Eventually, they just started doing it. Yeah. Eventually, they just said, screw the FDA. We're just going to go for it. And nope. that's part of how we started to understand that the coronavirus existed in this area and why we started to get those FDA approvals. So had someone not taken their own knife out and sliced the red tape up, we could be in an even worse position than we are now. We would already be shut down if that woman had not acted in everyone's best interest and done what she knew was right at that time. Yeah. Applause to that woman. Applause. Bonuses. There it is. Bonuses to that woman. She deserves a bailout. Give her a billion dollars. Give her a billion dollars. She deserves a billion dollars. So, after the testing did start, right, there's all this concern about, oh, well, we're hearing the reporters, especially if you're watching the coronavirus uh, press conferences, you know, they're saying, we're getting all these different numbers from the state and from the federal government, from the state, from the federal government. You're saying these many numbers, but the state says this many numbers, right? And we talked about that a little bit before. When the numbers first were being reported by the federal government, they're only reporting the tests that were done by the CDC and uh, by federal labs and not by state labs or by any private labs they had approved. So anyone at this time, they'd already approved Quest Lab, uh, Pack Lab, these different different private processing testing companies. They had approved them to do these tests, but those numbers weren't being reported directly to the federal government. The numbers from the private labs in the states were being reported to the state labs and then from the state labs to the State Department of Health, from the State Department of Health to the National Department of Health, from the National Department of Health to FEMA then to the CDC, and then being reported to the people. That's a lot of steps that have to take place before you're going to understand that information. So I'm going to say there's going to be at least a day, you know, in the beginning of times before you get the numbers from the previous day. Oh, yeah. You know, you cannot be actively reporting right now, this is how many cases we have, because in some cases for the test, it takes three days to get the results back, mm-hmm. just based off of how good the sample was that you've got, unless you have a billion dollars. Then you Apparently. can get tested as soon as you want. If you're a major sports athlete or Tom Hanks, yeah, you can get it pretty quick. We're definitely going to get to that. Um, <laughs> there was also a lot of concern about the way that the tests were being done, right? In mm-hmm. Korea, you were talking about the Korea model, the China model, the different ways. In China, they're, they're courting people up. We're testing everyone. We're getting it done. If we see you, we're testing you on the street. That's what we're doing. In Korea, yep. they're driving to people's houses. People's doctors, they're taking the results themselves and they're driving them to the lab so the test can be done quicker. Yep. And so, then they're using security footage yeah. and GPS locations to track down who you may or may not have come in contact with and testing them. This is the the security state apparatus at work in you know in a beautiful fashion. Yeah. If like UK has a very similar kind of security state. Um, set up going on, but post, I don't think they've utilized camera it. on every corner in the UK. On yeah. every light post, there's a security camera. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It is very Just strange. super creepy. It's very um, strange. 
So there was obviously a lot of comparison to Korea, a lot of comparison to China, the way they're doing testing. The way they're doing it here in America now is they are setting up mobile labs at like Walmarts and Targets around the country where people can go and be tested in their car Mm-hmm. And then they can just move on with their day. So they don't have to go inside of a building. They don't have to see professionals. They don't have to anything like that. They just get tested. And I heard the process of the test today, right? You push your head back. They they put a swab down cool. the back of your nose. And they put one down the back of your throat. And they just, just yep. tap it. And they try and essentially get you to cough something up onto this swab. And then pull the one out of your nose. Yeah. And then they send those swabs off, and hopefully they found some corona in there. Hopefully they didn't find any corona. <laughs> hopefully they didn't. <laughs> you know, I, if you're being tested, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're up for. I don't know. I could use a two-week vacation. Either way, the tests seem to be extremely unpleasant. Um, yeah, the, the president is, is not a fan. He gets up at every press conference after um, – he had gotten tested. There was a lot of push for him to get tested. And yeah. then he cannot speak more negatively about the process. The process of the test. He was uh, not a fan. He gets highly uncomfortable when he speaks about it. There I, are... So funny. Supposedly, you know, ways to get tested now. But the tests are also restricted based off of the symptoms that you show. And you mm-hmm. have to be, excuse me, recommended by a doctor. Um there's all these series of things that you have to go through in order to get a test, right? I know last week, I know someone very near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. um, a close family member of mine, that was told by his doctor that he should get tested, right? And so he calls his doctor. He's like, well, how do I get tested? And he says, well, you have to go to the Department of Health. Go to the State Department of Health and they'll do it. So he calls the State Department of Health. And, no, 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 your doctor can do it. You just have to go and see your doctor. And they'll they'll authorize the test and then they'll do it and then they'll send it to us. So he calls his doctor. So the Department of Health said this. No, 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 You have to talk to the Department of Health. We don't do the testing here. They have to do it. Mm-hmm. Run around for three days before he's able to actually get a test to find out whether or not he has. So where did he end up get, getting I a test? Did he have to go to the he state? Ended up getting it done through the state. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm assuming that he's a Kitsap. Most, he's no. a Kitsap? No? Okay. Florida? Florida. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. It ended up, I believe, being done through the Florida Department of Health. Um, or through one of the county arms of that department. Okay. And <clears throat> so while testing is available, right, because they're constantly making more tests all the time and shipping them out, the the restrictions to get them are fairly stringent unless you have a bunch of money. And this kind of brings me to the final point of the testing, right? Okay. Because now we're at least as far as I know, you have more on that, we'll keep talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, oh, I got some. The, I am I. The things that I have here are more about deconstructing narratives, false narratives, right? And so that's, yeah. that's the final thing I have written down about deconstructing a false narrative, right? The last thing, the biggest issue that I have had personally with this testing thing is how difficult it has been for regular people, like like my family member, to, to go and find out whether or not he has a sickness that could potentially kill him and his family. Yep. But NBA players, NFL players, NFL coaches are able to instantaneously receive a test as soon as they ask for one. That seems really weird to me. Last week, when the NBA was closed and everyone is is tripping and they're and they're you know losing their minds, that whole team, the whole the Nets were tested that same day. Immediately after the game was shut down, someone tested positive. The whole team was oh, tested. Yeah. They're they're still saying there's not enough tests, but all of a sudden there's thirty for the Nets to take. How does that happen? How does that work out? You know, so, the Jets. It wasn't the Nets. It was the Jets. The, the Jets. So, yeah. yeah. Well, from my understanding, but the Nets didn't get tested. That's why so the Nets okay. now have been tested, which is 
How does this keep happening? How are there people, Tom Hanks, Idris Elba, all these people were able to secure a test seemingly with no problem at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they had whatever, maybe, I don't know them personally, but maybe, you know, they had all the qualifications that would justify a test. But when we have heard all these, some anecdotal, some personal stories of people who have had symptoms who have been told to procure a test and have been unable to procure a test. Mm -hmm. These people who may or may not have symptoms because they have X amount of dollars are able to instantaneously receive a test. I don't understand how this happens. From what I am gleaning from the White House press conferences is essentially I feel like that's just the story of life. Sometimes it's just the story of life. That's what the president says. That's what he said. Uh, but anyways, I think realistically, I think what a problem, the problem here is probably one of bureaucratic make 100% through and through. We have, we have, let's say the, the federal government gets their hands on a ton of coronavirus tests. Yeah. Whether it's the swabs, the reactivate chemicals that, that show you know, however they process the test so you can actually get a, you know, either a negative or a positive. Um, but the what I'm getting from this press conference is those are available. The problem comes from the state and local officials trying to get a hold of them from the federal government yeah. into the state government or trying to purchase them out on the free market. I have a feeling that there is a supply out there that nobody just really has a handle on how to tap into. And Which would make a lot of sense, knowing my history working for the federal government. It's it is generally not very easy to get your hands on something they say is readily available, just due to the the hoops you have to kind of go through if you have to talk to this specific department of this specific branch of government, which sends you down to a local branch and so on and so forth. It's just what I'm getting out of it at this point is the fact that people do not know how to pe- procure these tests, that they're available, but how you get those, it's kind of like when we pass legislation, right? Like, right. Let's use that gun legislation. We pass it, but the enforcement mechanism and the actual levers of government that have to be pulled in order to make that thing get down to the end user can, most of the time, it's not, you're not told how to do it. Right. You're just told that it's right. available. And you just have to do your damnedest to do that. And I would assume if a sports health or a sports medicine doctor that works for the NBA probably has some really good contacts and knows yeah. who to call, and then they just work it out, and bing, bang, boom, you throw enough money at it, you get a test delivered to your door. Who knows? Well, and like you were talking about <clears throat> not knowing where to get these tests and where to access them, right? The mm-hmm. same thing is being said for the different personal protective equipment, whether yep. it's the masks, the gloves, the respirators. All these different things. The Tyvek suits. The Tyvek suits that are being said to be readily available by the federal government. They say this, they say the same thing that you, you just have to access it. You have to find yeah. out. And if you don't know where to find it, call us and we'll tell you, right? Yeah. There is this huge just collapse in communication mm-hmm. between the federal government that is providing these supplies and the state governments that need them. Yeah. You know, and it seems much less the, the local doctors that could be utilizing them as well. And it seems so strange that there can be such a huge communication gap between two people that, or two groups that are supposed to be working hand in hand to Mm -hmm. make sure that this is handled. I mean, their whole tagline for the FEMA backed response, you know, has been locally mandated or locally controlled 
federally supported, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, it's a whole of government yeah, approach. It's, it's all hand in hand. The small governments, the state governments, to the federal government. Mm-hmm. We're all here to support each other, yep. you know? And I don't understand how this is happening if that's the way that we're going about this. See, that's funny because you, know? you say that and I, you say, well, I don't understand where the confusion is. Well, and I go, well, that's it's because a, they're all trying to work together. Yeah. <laughs> it's because... They're not meant to do things like this. They don't do yeah. this on an everyday basis. And so when it needs to happen. Yeah. You just can't horrible. get things done because government by nature is supposed to operate at a slow pace. We yes. have branches of governments that are at immediate response branches like FEMA is supposed to be ready to go on a moment's notice, snap into action, take care of things, bing, bang, boom. You got a disaster response, right? And even with FEMA, a a week or two turnaround is is still relatively decent response time for a right. federally managed government bureaucracy. Well, and that's why so much of this stuff that's being done by the federal government to try and advance the process is cutting that red tape. Yeah, is is cutting the restrictions on how long it takes to gain FDA approval so that you can do it rapidly, quick thing or. Relatively quickly, not rapidly quick. Um, Relatively quickly, so things can be fast tracked, so they can be tried, and we can figure out if that's that's how you can get virus or vaccine test trials in Seattle Mm -hmm. two weeks after this really, really kicks off. You know, there are people that are sick enough, and they're willing to try it, and so we're going to give it to them. The same thing with all these medicines that they're talking about, the different medications, the coral, whatever you know, the residual, whatever. Yeah, these things that the malaria treatments. Yeah, yeah. That they're saying that they're gaining FDA approval so they can take them into cr- into clinical trials, but at the same time, they've approved them to be used on people who are at the end of their life, so they can see if there's going to be any validity. So they mm-hmm. can use that data at the same time as the clinical testing, just as more data to try and see whether or not this mm-hmm. is going to work. That clinical trial, the placebo back double blind study that they're going to do, is going to take months. For them to really find out what the side effects are and whether or not these medications are actually working. Yeah. That super quick instantaneous data of this guy's going to die no matter what. So let's just try and use this medication, see if it helps at all on the way there mm-hmm. is an immense, immense help to what's going on. An it immense is. help to the process, right? Yeah. The same thing that we were talking about with masks, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that freed up all these masks that are now available. If you know anyone, let's put this out there. If you know anyone who works in the medical field that is talking about the lack of personal protective equipment, tell them that they have been freed up. They Because they work in the medical field, they may not have the time to watch the coronavirus press conference every single day because they're trying to save people's lives. But this is a real thing that's happened, right? Just so everyone knows, mm-hmm. a real thing that's happened. At a certain point in time, three days ago, only like 10% of the masks that were the N95 masks that are biologically rated that were created by Honeywell and by 3M were only like 10% were approved to be sold directly to medical facilities because they had to be the right consistency, the right design, the right color just for them, right? And so it was liability reasons that were limiting the amount of masks and protective equipment that could be sold directly to hospitals. Huge step. The federal government, no, we're taking that away. You can sell all of your masks to hospitals. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter the color. Don't worry about the liability of whether, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sell these masks, right? All of the masks that are being produced by Honeywell and M3 are now commercially available to hospitals, private and publicly owned around the country. If you are watching now or you know someone who is compromised in their job because of a lack of personal protective equipment, 
the masks for sure are available to be purchased directly from the suppliers. Directly from the suppliers, right? And that was part of the confusion they talked about a little bit this morning in the press conference, is the fact that there is a difference between, say, the federal government sending, sending those masks out and the fact that they're available to be purchased on the private market from a private industry like a hospital or a doctor's office or to anybody, essentially. And like you said before, there were some very strange regulations put on these things that only, would you say, 10% of them were Something allowed like that, to be, yeah. you know, it's a number. It's a fraction. A, it's being yeah. regulated in some fashion. And for whatever intent or purpose that was meant for, we're obviously finally getting over that hurdle, which is good. But it's they talked about it on the press conference this morning. It's very important for people to understand that you can still get them. You just, they're out available in the market yeah and there are some cases that they talked about today where the federal government is putting out bids for things like masks and ppe and testing kits for and these stuff like mobile that. testing facilities that we yeah. were talking about they're having to also obviously purchase their own equipment they're having to purchase swaps they're having to purchase the uh the the, the gels and the yeah, liquids the, the reactive agents the reactive agents they're having to purchase this personal protective equipment that they're going to use there so there you're right there was some concern today at the press conference about where the priority is going mm-hmm. on these purchases, whether they're going, you know, there was a governor and the the person, who, the reporter who asked the question didn't say who it was, but yeah. there's a governor who is, uh, allegedly, there is a governor who is claiming that their orders for masks are being put behind the, the orders for the federal government. Yeah. And the admiral who is, who is heading up the designing and the implementation of the mobile facilities whether or not it's the truth, he came out and flat out denied that today. He said, that is 100% false. We are not prioritizing our own purchases over the purchases of the states. We are not doing that. There is no priority queue here. But just to solidify that, they, it was actually, that was at the joint press conference they did with the governors. It was uh, like a big uh, conference call they did with all the governors. Okay. It was at that time that that question was asked, and that was yesterday. And then today during the press conference, they clarified and said, just so everyone is clear, we have made it so that if you are concerned about that, you don't feel like you're getting them quickly enough, you call us, we will find out whether or not we have an order in front of you. And if we do, we're canceling that order. Yeah. You need these masks more than we do at the testing facilities. The states need them now. The federal government said that. They are there. The personal protective equipment is there. It's so confusing. It's not clear. It's not being delivered just because it's there. You have to find it. You have to purchase it. You have to get it. You have to have it delivered. Yep. But it is there. It is available. These items are available for purchase. Not from private individuals because that's how we got in this situation. Too many private individuals bought masks when they didn't need them, and now they're having to donate them to hospitals. They also had to cut the red tape to allow construction companies, dentists to donate their masks and their Tyvek suits and their different personal protective equipment to hospitals so yep. they can have enough. People had to donate them. Private individuals, construction companies, donating masks they have so that the hospitals could use them. Yeah, it's it's insane. And I will say that the, you know on a Glass half full side. Yes. Uh, We have seen a great number of private companies stepping up, putting their money where their mouth is, you know, helping with 
to, you know, pay for their employees, sick leave, whatever it is. You know, they're, they're trying to do what they can. We've seen an, an upwell in local communities trying to support their struggling businesses. Just like here at the wine bar, people are coming in for takeout food orders. They're coming in as part of their wine club, which you can join by contacting the wine bar. Again, 360-297-3010. And oh, wow. Got it. And uh, yeah, I'm... I mean, I'm thoroughly impressed. I mean, that's why we went really slow the first time. <laughs> wow. Well, it also helps that I know what area code we're in. And we're in Kingston, so it's a 297 because it's a landline. So I just have to remember 3010. All right. I'm not as impressed anymore. You ruined it. You had me mouth agape. I was so impressed. I'm it's so glad that closed. I could disappoint no you at every turn. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Okay. Is that all you have as far as testing goes? Yes. Okay. The next thing I have here is pretty quick. Um, we know very little about this virus. Very little. Right. Let's just put it out there because I've seen even people like Ben Shapiro putting forth narratives that are not substantiated, right? Ben Shapiro, not three days ago here. I will even find the particular episode because I know that oh, I wrote it down. Number 973. And so that was from Tuesday, Wednesday, earlier this week, right? Mm-hmm. Even Ben Shapiro is talking about how this is just a bad flu, you know, and said, that, oh, well, when summer comes around, it's likely to die up anyway with the heat. Some say. There, there is no solid evidence to indicate that the coronavirus will go away when the summer comes. And I'm not, not saying that it could. It, it could. It totally could. There's no evidence for that. And he's Ben Shapiro's like, oh, well, in other equatorial countries, it doesn't seem to be around for as long. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that it's pretty damn hot in Italy. There's a lot of dead people in Italy because of the coronavirus. So I understand. You know what I'm saying? In South America, all over the place, there is there are people dying in equatorial countries, in super hot countries. There is not enough empirical evidence to indicate that this particular virus that we know little to nothing about Mm -hmm. is going to die off come summer flu the numbers generally tend to die down when the weather gets hotter that's what we know about the flu we don't know this about the coronavirus again i'm not saying that it couldn't happen i'm telling you you can't bank on that no there is not enough evidence for anyone to feel comfortable assuming that the that the coronavirus will go away by the time the summer comes around and I will tell you right now that due to my uh, special connection have, with the oh. nation of Ecuador, which is actually on the equator, they are having a spike in coronavirus cases as we speak. Um, a couple of days ago, there was... What's that you said? It's on the equator? Yeah, actually Super on the equator. weird. Equatorial country. Doesn't yeah. seem to be lasting that long in equatorial countries, yeah. though. Super weird. A couple of days ago, there was uh, three deaths reported. Um that they decided were coronavirus directly related to the coronavirus. Um, as of, of today, there are seven. They have 166 new cases. Mind you, they are only at four, 426 cases right now, but so we are seeing right a spike. All this. Yeah. Yeah. They're every country on, almost on the face of the planet right now is affected in some fashion. 140 countries have cases of the coronavirus. And there's only, what, 185? Yeah, it's not it's not as many as you think. Countries and you territories? <clears throat> yeah. Um, China has actually seen a resurgence so far. It's a small one, but as of today, there's 40, 41 new cases that's going That's a on. lot of things. Not to freak anyone out, but that's another thing that we don't know yet because we know so little, right? The people mm-hmm. in China haven't gone fully back to work yet. So yeah. we don't know 
what it's going to look like when people go back to work and they are re-exposing themselves or uh, to other people. As we said, it has, you know, an average two-week lag time gestation period. Is that what the gestation period? It's a... That's just that sounds right. Incubation. 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 I know the gestation, gestation. Period, but I'm like, I feel like... That's I feel like we can interchange period. those. Why not? It's bad. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, you know, roughly two-week incubation period inside the body, we don't know what's going to happen when those people go back to work, Yeah, right? We don't know how this virus could mutate. We don't know how the immunity works in this virus. There's also another thing that Ben Shapiro was saying that, well, you know, it's likely that once you get it and then you're better, you'll have immunity anyway. We don't know that. We, we don't. don't know that. And with many, many other viruses, it works that way. We don't know that. With the flu, it does not. You can get the flu and then you're good for like a year, you know, about that. You can have it more than one time in a year. You're good for a couple weeks, a few months, a year maybe. It's still a good idea to get the flu shot the next time around because you could still get the flu, you know. Chicken pox, most of the time, get it one time, good forever. Most of the time. Some people get it twice. Some people get measles. So it's shingles. You know what I'm saying? It happens. I've never had chicken pox before. When Jordan, when... This is a sidebar. When Jordan and I were like 19 years old, she had shingles, slept in the same bed as her, never got chickenpox. You're immune. Risk taker. You are in. Risk taker. You're in. Invincible. Exposed as a child, everything. Around all kinds of people with chickenpox and never got. Well, we'll find out what happens when uh, the little man gets it for the first time. See, here we have a comment here from our good old friend Haley. Uh, the doctors at my work are saying that from the sources they have, they are hearing that this could be a problem until possibly 2021. And if it ends yep. before then, it's possible that it could come back again. Very correct. Haley, thank you. It's our friend. She's been here before. She was here uh, a few months ago. She talks about abortion, about all the different laws. It was awesome. Haley's great. We were at their house last weekend. I burned a bunch of stuff in their yard. It was rad. <laughs> Jordan made pizza with Kenna. It was fantastic. Thank you, Haley and Mitch, for having us. Anyway, <laughs> Haley is correct. We don't know how long this will last. We don't know really anything about this virus. Yep. And so to operate under the assumption of anything other than your your grandparents could die if you haven't, you get close to them. It takes about this long. Other than the things that are consistent that we have just told you, not that we're the total arbiters of fact, even though we kind of are. Um, <laughs> we, the only things that you know for sure are the people that are getting sick right now, right? Because we still also don't know how this virus could mutate. We don't know if it could go immediately airborne. We There are so many things we don't know right now. And that's part of why the shutdown of these things are happening is because we don't know. You know, all we know is that people are getting sick. And the only thing that stops you from getting sick in most cases is not being around other people who might be sick. You know, there are a lot of people who are not a lot. There are cases of people, one reporter in particular who works for Start Here that had no confirmed contact with anyone who had COVID-19, but somehow came up with COVID-19. We don't know how it's happened. We don't know how it's spreading. We don't know. So to operate under anything other than abundant caution, you know, is is a little bit silly. You know, it's that's why they're telling people if you're going to go out, wash your hands. Don't touch things. I'm sitting here. I've touched my face several times. I'm baby wipe. You know what I'm saying? I'm aware of what's going on. I can't com- still work on a completely stopping myself. But this is like these are the things that you have to do if you want to try and maintain some semblance, semblance of normality in your life. You yeah. Know, is do these things. That's what, this is what we know. Stay clean. Try and stay healthy. Eat well. It's better for you. Sleep well. It's better for you. Yeah. The social distancing is a big aspect because that's really what we're doing here is 
<laughs> Thanks, man. After you just talked about rubbing your face and oh, no, that's fine. Everyone um, watching is like, you guys are gross. You guys are gross. The okay, so let's shift this just a little bit to talk about the economic the economics of all this. Stimulus packages, dog. Let's do it. Well, before we totally get into that, okay. right? Because what we're talking about here is this possible resurgence and what we don't know. And right now we're under this, I don't know, guidelines from the governor, essentially, of, you know, we're in the White House talking about this 15-day kind of slow the spread campaign where we're, we're asking everybody to stay inside if you can, you know, social distance, all this good stuff, because we're trying to slow the spread of this thing. Nothing says that after that 15-day period is over, we don't see another spike as people come 100%. get back out into the world and start do you know becoming more active in society and all this again nothing that says that we are not going to have a massive spike after that because we still have no idea what we're truly dealing with here we don't know how to get rid of it we don't necessarily know that once you get it you're immune to it again we don't know any of these things yet because the data is still so raw and fresh we have no contextual data behind all this stuff yet we have anecdotal evidence that certain things might may or may not help certain spreads and slow the spreads here and so we are possibly entering into a statewide shutdown so california just did new york's essentially doing the same thing there's other states coming on board with this soon the governor of florida reacting to pictures of what is daytona beach or miami beach and just oh, packed God. full of people and all Isn't this it terrible they're all getting really concerned about this because yeah. and so when the government is concerned about the the spread of this virus the only tool they have in their toolbox at this point is to try to shut everything down and keep everything locked inside but nothing says that after that two-week period you're going to go back out there and not have a massive spike in numbers yeah that being said Assuming we go into a full two-week shutdown, whether or not we come out of that shutdown in two weeks is open is an open question, right? I don't know at this point if our local economy can support any more than two weeks, if we can do that already. I mean... Businesses are closing. Geez, They're having geez. to lay off employees. They're trying to, you know, some some companies are trying to furlough employees so they're not necessarily fired. They can maintain some of their benefits. Inslee's already pulled $200 million out of the state emergency fund, yeah. you know, um, and that's money that we had, I mean, had sitting, you know, I don't like our balance, our budget's balance, but, mm-hmm. you know, there was money in the emergency fund that James Lee has already pulled from, you know, in, yeah. in regards to federal funding, we've seen almost $3 trillion be pumped into the economy in different ways by the federal reserve and the federal mm-hmm. government. But and to what end is any different? You because know? the economy is not operating right now. When we watched that trillion and a half dollars be pumped out from the fed, right? The federal reserve last week, yep. huge story. Federal Reserve released a trillion, trillion and a half dollars into the economy, released it to the bank so that they could try and keep lending going, keep money flowing through the economy. All these pictures of the stock market of watching it, and there's this tiny bump in it, and it's straight back down. It's the a trillion and a half dollars that was just blasted into the economy. Gone. Gone in an instant. Yep. Like it made no difference at all. That's because you the know? economy is not functioning right now. Yeah. You cannot throw money at an economy that is not functioning 
They're throwing money at banks and institu- financial institutions, yes, to try to stave off a recession, but to, you know, in my personal opinion, to little effect because really all you're doing is securing the financial systems right now, such as the banks and all this stuff, because what happens when a bank starts to run out of money? They, they call in their loans. They, tr- they, they call in your mortgage. Next thing you know, you can't pay your $250,000 left that you have to pay off your house, obviously. So what happens? They foreclose on you. And right now we have a moratorium on foreclosures for, what was it, 30 days? At, you know, 60 days. 60 days. And that's open-ended. They oh, yeah, push yeah. The, uh, the tax filing day or the day you have to pay your taxes, I think, um, till, oh, shoot, was it June? July. 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 So we did get a slight break there. They're talking about. However, you, sorry, not to interrupt you, but just to be clear, you can file your taxes before this time. If you know that you're going to get a refund and you can use that extra $2,000, $1,000, whatever, you can still file your taxes. However, if you know you're going to have to pay your taxes or you're going to have to pay when you file your taxes, you can wait until July and you don't have to just argue that you didn't even know this. I just saw my coworker and she looked me in the face, didn't even notice. How weird. <laughs> it's so strange. This is so surreal. Anyway. Is this so, somebody that you work with, by the way? Yes. Is this somebody She's that I know? Sewer. Yeah. Oh. I, you have to have met her at least once. I don't okay. know if you we weren't friends. I work with her. That's so She's funny. Sewer. Yeah. So weird. Ask her about, hey, how's your tooth? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Weird. Yeah. Met eyes. She didn't even notice. Anyway, so that's hilarious. They also federally, um, they have waived interest fees on federally backed student loans, and they've also allowed people to suspend student loan payments for the next two months. Our red-haired friend over here, and our Ecuadorian. Also, call your lender, whoever holds your loan. Call them. You, they will allow you to not only suspend your interest for the next two months, but suspend your payments for at least the next two months. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. You may, you may be able to get that last payment reimbursed and then held up. I don't know for sure. Guy I work across from, I said, yo, Spendo, I know that you just got out of school. Make sure that you call your lender and you suspend that. Save your money. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that. You're going to need that. I don't. I didn't go to college. I don't know how much a student loan payment is, but I know that it's a fair amount of money. So I'm it's sure you could use that. You know, everybody can several hundred dollars. I'm sure. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that you could use that money in the coming months if you are in concern of your employment status and you don't know what's going to happen. You could use that money for the next couple of months. So yep. call your lender, see about. And this is not just for our friends here. For anyone listening, if you have a federally held student loan, call your lender, suspend your payments. If you could use that money for something else, I'm the- trying to pull up my retirement um oh how much money you've lost yeah. oh do yourself a favor and do not be looking at the stock market i'm right trying now. to help other people understand <laughs> oh yeah um, yeah because i'm 25 i've been paying into my retirement for four years um i had i feel comfortable sharing i had close to twelve thousand dollars in my retirement i now have $8,623 in my retirement. Over the last three weeks, mm-hmm. I have lost almost $4,000 from my retirement. I have not withdrawn anything. I have not made any early withdrawals. No, nothing. This is all from loss in the stock market. 
This has renewed serious conversation about why in the hell does America have a retirement system that is based in the stock market? Yep. Why is this the way that we operate? We've seen this many times in 2008, New York in particular, so many public departments and unions that lost their retirements because they were invested poorly. Retirements gone. Gone. For teachers, for I mean all these people that that had thousands of dollars in their retirements lost because of the way that it was handled in the stock market. Because the people who handled their group IRAs for the union just pissed it away in the stock market. Oh yeah. You you put it behind a you know a mortgage based security, and yeah. next thing you know, all the mortgages go under the housing market tanks, and it's gone. And I don't, I don't. And it's gone. I'm not trying to scare anyone, right? Because I, I'm 25. I've got lots of time. You know, I'm not so concerned that I've lost this money out of my. I'm obviously not happy about it because I lost four grand out of my retirement in the last three weeks, four weeks. That sucks. Okay, I didn't get to spend any of it. I didn't see any of that four thousand dollars. It's all gone, right? So I'm not happy about it, but I have time, right? Yeah, I feel you have time on your side. I time. I know that a lot of the stocks that I was investing in because I'm young were a high risk stock. That should something happen, I'm going to lose a bunch of that money. I knew that when I when I did all this, right? Yeah. Still doesn't make me happy. Still renews my concern. Why am I throwing my money into something that could be gone in a matter of weeks or days or hours if it gets bad enough? You know, and we have now seen the complete erasure of the jump. What they call it, the the Trump bump is what they're calling it. And the the increase oh, and the, that yeah. we saw in the stock market once Donald Trump took office been completely erased. Yep. No longer exists. We are back to where we started. Below that now. Below because of what's happened. Right, So we've seen so many of these things, and this is going to be one of the last things that we talk about, but just so everyone is clear, the money that's been spent and kind of where we're going from here, right? I think doing a good job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're calling it a multi-phase plan, right? A multi-tier plan that we're going into here. Mm -hmm. Phase one was... Phase one was $8.3 billion, right? It was yep. started in the House, passed through the Senate, signed in four days ago or something like that by the president, right? That $8.3 billion was for free testing. It's important to understand this difference as it goes on. It was for free testing for people who had insurance. So you didn't have to pay for your insurance. It got rid of the co-pays for everything like that. Yeah. For two weeks of paid family leave for anybody who had to take time off of work. And it's for expansion of Medicare, <clears throat> for states that were seeing insane increases in the Medicare cost, right? Yeah. And I want to pause here for just a moment because there's something that concerned me. On the flip side of it, I have been wondering if now is the time to invest in the stock market. I wouldn't suggest it, um, you know, with all of my extensive knowledge about stocks and yeah. retirement, I've lost all this money. And I wouldn't suggest it because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know if it's going to continue to go down. We do. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. I can say that it is always a gamble to buy into a falling market. Yes. Period. Because you don't know where the bottom's at and you don't know where you're going to get in. And it's a 100% personal choice to buy into the market at this point, hoping that in a few years everything will bounce back and we'll be back could, to a more could normal Could be a great spot. idea. Could be we could be halfway through this and you could lose a lot of money before you make any of it back. Yep. So, and you may never. And that's that's the whole gamble about the stock market. It might market. be worth it and it might not. I'm yeah. not saying it's – I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. Like I said, I have my retirement and I'm losing a bunch of money. So <laughs> <laughs> I may not be the best person to ask. 
Not a horrible idea. It may not be the best idea. So I want to take a break on this $8.3 million, not take a break, but pause on this $8.3 million for a moment mm-hmm. because there's something that happened in this process that caught steam so quickly. And it caught steam so quickly and was so legit that it is this the, the bus. Yeah, is this the Nancy it's Pelosi closed, situation? Right? So when I was here on Monday, I said this to you because I was so sure that it, that it had happened, right? There was this narrative that was coming around with this phase one stimulus package, $8.3 billion, that it was being held up in the Senate because Nancy Pelosi had tried to sneak some abortion language in there so the funding, part of this $8.3 billion would go to abortion funding, right? Lo and behold, this is not the case. Not even close. The way that this broke down is that when the bill is crafted, I assume, because I'm not going to assume malice, right? I assume it was crafted with such speed that... There was not direct language from, what is it called? The Hyde Amendment placed in this funding bill, right? We've talked about the Hyde Amendment before. The Hyde Amendment is something that is placed into every funding bill that stops federal funding from being used on abortion services, right? We could debate the morals of this all day. That's not what we're here for right now. But because this language was not explicitly placed in this, there was many people, internet bloggers mostly, but some politicians who posed the theory that this was done to leave the door open for possible finagling of funds into nefarious reasons, you know, or for nefarious reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's the case, seeing as three days later, they're like, shit, my bad, and they wrote it in there and everything is good to go now, right? I don't assume it was done in malice. I assume that they're trying to pump out $8.3 billion and get it into the economy as fast as possible. Seeing as that was gone instantly, I don't really know how much good it would have done her to try and get some of that money into abortion services. You know, probably wouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. Anyway, and I, I'm not blaming anyone for for having thought that because, like I said, I came in here Monday sharing that very thing because when I heard it, I was like, of course she did. What, what a Pelosi thing to do. What a, <laughs> what a Nancy Pelosi thing to do, you know? was so easy for me to accept and believe because it just seems so natural. It's that easy. It's We are literally making it our job to understand the facts of the situation. We're, we are trying to make this our job, and it's that easy. It is that easy to be lost in your own bias, your own perception, your own presumed understanding of what's going on, of what you know of people. It's that easy to get tricked into something, you know? And that's why it's so important to double and triple check anything that you read. That's We've seen so much stuff being passed around on Facebook the last two or three days about, oh, the president is going to use the Stafford Act and he's going to yeah. put a quarantine on the whole country and it's going to be this. Stafford Act cannot be used in a way so as to shut down the entire country under the guise of national security because of a public health concern. Yeah. That's not how it works. The Stafford Act is not constructed in a way that allows for this to happen, right? They're using these articles, the people that are sharing this are using these articles from different military websites about the activation of different National Guard troops to justify this post of, look, it's happening. They're activating the National Guard. The president's getting ready to do this, right? National Guard's definitely being activated. Definitely happened. They're definitely being used. See, in New York, they were used a lot for cleaning, for setting up different facilities. There's many yep. different things they're being used for. There's a there's a great argument to be made for the National Guard to be activated to build field hospitals outside of regular hospitals. That yeah. way you don't have if you can test and treat, you know, minor coronavirus cases in a in a detached field hospital, it's much better than having everybody run through the normal hospital and potentially infecting 
an uncountable, an uncountable number of people. And one thing to that effect that's happening right now, not with the National Guard, but there are, with the military, there yeah. are hospital ships being placed on either coast that are going to be used in those cities to treat non-COVID cases so that the hospitals that already have infected people in them can be used strictly for the virus. Don't have to worry about it. I think the example is always a broken leg. If you have a broken yeah. leg, you don't have to go into the hospital, risk being infected with coronavirus. Instead, pop over the ship, they'll cast you up and you'll move up. Not only is that cool because it's a separate establishment, it comes filled with military personnel and doctors who are there to provide these services already. You don't have to try and find 4,000 people who are qualified to do these things. 4,000 RNs and LPNs and all the, that's what it is, right? LPNs, LPNs I believe, yeah. yeah. So you don't have to try and find all these people to stab this off. Not that, whatever, there's yeah. occupation, whatever. But <laughs> it's uh, an immense positive that these people are already there. and You don't have to worry about trying to procure the services. You don't have to worry about the lag time in being able to provide the services. Yeah, it offsets the, the existing system exactly. so to help share the burden, essentially. Exactly. And I believe one is going to New York. Um, and should be there the relatively soon. California. And the other one, yeah, California. Um, there's also been talk of different cruise liners being, you know, rented, leased, loaned from from different cruise companies to be used as hospital ships. Some concern, obviously, about there's a bunch of people that got super duper sick from being on a cruise line. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of neither here nor there. But these are all things that are being discussed. Um, but I, I just wanted to make sure that we put it out there very plainly and very clearly that this story that was so convincing that it got the two of us is yep. not actually true. You know, it's it's not actually true. People who you don't like aren't always trying to screw you over because yeah. they don't agree with you and want to do something that they like. You know, they're not always trying to push forward a narrative of something you don't agree with. And carry that into your everyday life, too. Yeah. Just that seems like a good rule to live by. I mean, don't assume malice when ignorance will do or just right. just don't. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but just quit judging books by their covers. I mean, it's really easy for us to do that when we're talking about the major all stars of the political battlefield. You know what I mean? But it like you said, it, it got us just like it right. probably got hundreds of thousands of people. Got someone very, very close to me in a employment Oh yeah. Scenario. Oh, I'm sure. In which I was discussing the details of this bill and said employment personnel mm-hmm. stated to me that this was true before I had looked it up for myself to validate it. So, oh no. It's definitely true. Oh, it's and definitely I true. I felt myself and I'm like, shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I really didn't want to think that this had happened to you, you know, of all people. Sometimes that's how it happens. Like I said, it's that easy sometimes to be tricked into something because you're so prepared to believe it because of what it is, you know? Yeah. So many people, this is a little bit off topic, but not really to what you were talking about. There's so many articles that you can see now of people trying to buy guns and have them sent to their homes, mm-hmm. you know? People that thought that it was easier to buy a gun than it was to go and buy a car. Easier to buy a gun than it is to go and buy a case of water. It's not as easy as you think it is. If you think that it's that easy, then you go and buy one. And you're like, what do you mean I can't have a 100-round magazine and four AR-15 shipped to my house as soon as I want them? That's not how it works here. Nope. <laughs> this is what you get. This this is what happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's that easy when you're, when you're mm-hmm. tricked by your own 
biased, yeah. you know? Um, there was one thing I wanted to address with that two weeks of paid sick leave yes, sir. in that bill. Um, I am still clueless as to how a business is going to utilize that financial backing. Oh, well, let me tell you, Colin, when this first, uh, this first phase of stimulus package was passed, the way that it was expected to work then was the small and medium-sized businesses were expected to pay out that paid leave to yep. their employees. So that then, we can get reimbursed. would receive credits the next time they file their taxes. Problem so, is, <laughs> most small businesses do not have that kind of liquidity. They do not... Uh, they operate on the margins. They are usually... They are usually a bad week or two away from closing down for every period. And now you're trying to say that every employee that they have, you have to pay two weeks of sick time at this point. And there's a lot of businesses out there that do not have that kind of cash on hand. And for so many of the businesses here in our state in particular that couldn't do that, there was this really unfortunate gap period between when the businesses were told they can no longer operate and when those employees could effectively file for unemployment. Yep. So there's a window of two, three days that people who don't have a job anymore can't secure any type of finances at all are being told, not only can you not go to work because we're closing down your place of business, you're also not eligible to file for unemployment. Right. Yep. Unfortunately, that's just a horrible design by the federal government. Yep. Right. In times of need, a uh, great example is the last time there was a government shutdown. They will yeah. create a new category, a subcategory for people to apply for unemployment under. So if you work for the government, but right now you can't go to work because the shutdown, they can't figure it out. I need money until this happens. You get more money than the standard, right? You get closer to your actual check. Yeah. And you don't have to look for jobs all the time like you do when you're getting on regular unemployment. You don't have to spend X amount of time doing this. You don't have to spend X amount of time doing this. Yeah. You are collecting unemployment because you are not allowed to go to your job. Yeah. There was on Monday, that category had not been set up yet. So I think it took until Wednesday. Um, I yep. don't remember what day I actually texted you Morgan to tell you that, but it was either Tuesday or Wednesday that had to be Wednesday before, before they mm -hmm. finally added the category for people to be able to for people to be able to go and effectively file for unemployment. So you have this day and it's, you know, I mean, there's, I'm sure lots of people watching or they're listening, whatever, oh, it's only three days. What's the big deal? Three days. It's three days of living in chaos and uncertainty where you don't know what's going to happen. And in those three days, what if all of your bills are due in those three days? You don't know. What if you had to pay your rent in those three days? You had to make your car payment in those. I just bought a car. Cars are not cheap. When you buy a good car, it's not cheap, right? I didn't even buy a, a great car. I bought a pretty good car. Not cheap, right? If you have to make your rent, your house payment, pay the electric your bill, electrical pay bill the water. in this three-day gap, and you don't have the money to do that, how do you expect to do these things? Because at mm -hmm. the same time, they hadn't passed these, you know, or put down these same uh, like stop declarations. Yeah, yeah, the stopgap measurements that you won't be evicted from your house. You will not lose your power. You will mm -hmm. not lose your car. You will not get sent to collections over $40,000 of student loans because we're going to make sure you're okay. In this three days, just live in chaos. You live in uncertainty, in question of, of a feeling of not being taken care of by the government who says they are most concerned about your, your health and your safety. And you're left alone to sit and wait. And you have to do the waiting week. You have one week of waiting before unemployment even approves. It shouldn't be that way anymore. No, that should be. That's still what's happening. <clears throat> the one week waiting period. I heard from unemployment and we 
this week. Yeah. Mm. And so you have so you have like the three days of uncertainty, but then mm-hmm. you don't hear from unemployment for and, a week or two. So then you're up to ten to twenty days where you're like and maybe, no money coming in. Maybe it's part of this next. Maybe it's part of phase two. Um, it's it has to be part of phase two. A new yeah. so. We're not moving on from that because it's part of phase two. But the the next phase that was just signed yesterday by the president was a hundred billion dollars, another stimulus of a hundred billion dollars that includes free virus testing for everyone, regardless of insurance coverage. Even if you have no insurance at all, you can still get tested and be treated for the coronavirus free of cost. Don't worry about I don't have the money, I can't go to the hospital, I can't this. You no longer have to worry about the cost. You might see a bill when you're there. Come six weeks from now, the money will be filtered down to the federal government. This will be taken care of, right? Phase two was signed yesterday, right? So the money is being implemented now, right? They also implemented two weeks of of sick and paid leave, and they increased funds for Medicaid, food stamps, unemployment assistance, right? So with phase two comes not only this new category, but they eliminate the week waiting period that you have normally for unemployment. But if you already applied for unemployment, does that mean you have to reapply in phase two? No, you shouldn't have to reapply. You can call and you can tell them, you know, this like this I happened. I applied prior to, yeah, you can't say phase two because they're not going to know sure, what you're talking yeah. about. But, <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. call them, call, call call my mom, yeah, yeah, right? And yeah. I applied at this time. Are my benefits going to be different? Or my Are my requirements? going to be different because I applied at this time because if you applied before that other category just standard unemployment you're still expected to look for three jobs a week you're still expected to apply for three jobs a week so so I can't answer that question for you I don't know for sure but I'm telling you that you should definitely call work source you should definitely call unemployment and try and clarify that because she will not have the same requirements that you do because she was a, a filed under this new category. So she won't have the same. She might still have that week waiting period because phase two hadn't kicked in, but she won't have that same requirements that you do of looking for jobs and of doing these things. And she may, may get more money than you because of the way that I don't know how much you make. So I can't. <laughs> Daggers. I may. I don't know. I'm not asking what your salaries are. That's none of my business. I'm just saying. She may get more than you if she applied under this new category that's going to affect the way the mm-hmm. they're paid out. Super this, infuriating. And that's nope. part of this horrible lack of communication we were talking about when it comes to medical supplies, to testing, to funding. There is four or five different groups of people that have to hear about something before it gets from point A to actual point B. It's really point F because of so many things that have to happen yeah. between then. By the time you get down to the end user... Who knows how many bureaucracies it's passed through. Right. And I will say one of the – I thought we would have solved this problem from the get-go. Man. Because we talked about this and we formed this coronavirus task force on the federal level led by the vice president, Mike Pence. Mikey P. And we should have had two people who ever talked to the public about coronavirus. Should have been the vice president and – Dr. Anthony Fauci. I kept I f- keep forgetting his first name. Those two people should be the only people ever opening their mouth about this thing. But it took about, I don't know, three days, four days since the task force was formed before President Trump decided that he had to be the main spokesperson I for all this. I have to admit, though, it's been secretly delicious watching the president be in front of the nation for the last week and a half because 
this and then when he did the announcement from the Oval Office are really the only times. The Oval Office thing was the first time he's ever done that, right? Yeah. And he takes questions in front of press gaggles all the time, like on the way to the plane, on the way to the car, these type of things, but not in organized press briefing. He's never done that before in the press briefing room. In the James Brady press briefing room, Coronavirus Task Force is the first time he's ever done that. Yeah. For someone who's so politically minded, it has been just delicious <laughs> That's to watch him just be such an idiot for the last week and a half and not be and i don't mean that from like i hate the president and he looks like an idiot he's saying stupid things he's trolling the media now yep. yesterday he got asked from a super conservative reporter she says do you think that it's racist to call chinese food chinese because it comes from china and he said no i don't and she said building on that do you think that it's appropriate to have people in this very room that are parroting Saudi, Russian, and Chinese talking points to your face to try and distort the things that you're saying. And he just lit up and he says, no, I don't. I don't think there's a problem at all. And he starts going and going and going about how terrible these people are. And maybe you should leave. As a matter of fact, you guys are all too close together. I don't think any of you should be here. Maybe I should take everyone out except for three people that I like. <laughs> Whoa! What? Oh, awesome. It was so awesome. It was like, it's so dark and so twisted, but so awesome at the same time. Juicy and delicious. Like, I cannot believe that he's really saying this. Like, this guy's the president. I cannot believe this is happening. Today, got asked a question about, from one of the reporters, I wish I knew where he worked. But he said, what are you saying? Like, what do you have to say to all, you know, this many people are sick. This many people are oh, man. This many people are this. What do you have to say to people that are scared? And he said, say that you're a terrible reporter. Yeah. Because... What is, say you're a terrible reporter. I think that's a horrible question that you just asked. And I think you're not doing your job. And maybe you should get back to reporting instead of fear mongering and pressing on with these narratives. Whoa! It's awesome. It's been awesome. It is All it we is had awesome to do to watch. was just try to say something calming. And, yeah. And, you know, but at that point, he, people's he'd minds been up there for over an hour. You know, he's obviously getting more and more irritated every day oh, he has to go out and do this. He's obviously getting more and more tired. Obviously not sleeping as much as he should because he's going off the handle at any moment. It's awesome. It has been kind of awesome. And it's awesome, but terrifying. Awesome in a totally comedic way. Not because I'm like, I love when the president acts like this. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is so deliciously hilarious. It's like that ultra dysfunction. It's twisted. It's, you know, it's the same reason people like watching the Osbournes. Yeah. Or, you know, those kind of reality TV shows. <laughs> my mom told everyone on the Facebook live stream, my son's in bed. Just so everyone knows, my Good. son is quietly asleep in bed. I'm glad. Thank you. Is he wearing his Thank big you, boy mom. jammies again? That was a sad day. I didn't like the big boy jammies. They freaked me out. I really didn't like it. No, I prefer the onesies. He's only like a year old. I don't need. I'm glad I had the same exact response. I was going, man, he's getting too big too fast yeah, already. Every, everyone said that. Um, man. So... The last thing I have here is for phase three, right? The Currently in discussion for phase three. We talked about the $1.5 trillion that the Fed pumped in the economy. We talked about the $8.3 billion pumped in the economy. We talked about the $100 billion signed into the economy. It's important to differentiate between the two because the $1.5 trillion was released by the Federal Reserve. And so it wasn't a stimulus package per se. Yeah, they it was call it a like releasing a- of funds. They actually like lowered interest rates at the same time and released yeah. a bunch of cash try and bolster the banks, not necessarily to stimulate the economy itself. There's just yeah. a slight difference. Yes, ma'am. Where do where does it all come from? 
Where's all this like hundred billion, trillion, trillion, gazillion? That's a wonderful question. Oh, that's the I'm best glad part. You asked straight out of your ass. Great. The Federal Reserve is essentially the Federal Reserve is essentially a bank for private banks, right? Yeah. The Federal Reserve was implemented. 30s? In the 30s, I think. Yeah, yeah. we looked that up real quick. Yeah. The, so the Federal Reserve. Or during the Depression? Got to be before that. Really? We'll find out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, that's okay. This is a great history lesson for all of us. So the Federal Reserve is essentially a bank for private banks, right? When America got off the gold standard, it was because we had invented the Federal Reserve. December right? 23rd, 1913. So prior even World War One, right? During so Woodrow Wilson's. So the Federal Reserve allowed us to get off of the backing of gold and decide for ourselves how much our money is worth. Which some people, even to today, argue that that was a terrible decision. Dwight Schrute will tell you. Dwight Schrute. Money doesn't matter since we got off the gold standard, right? Nothing matters, right? Ones and zeros, baby. And it's it's moments like this, this trillion and a half dollars, that Mm -hmm. you're like, does this really exist anymore? Because you pumped... More money than I could personally fathom in my brain into the economy, and it disappeared before anyone knew that it was there. Yep. Before it had been done being reported on, it was already gone, right? So the Fed prints money, both literally and figuratively. They are the ones, well, I guess the Mint prints it, but the Fed tells them how much to print. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Fed decides how much money is in circulation, which affects how much money our dollar is worth comparative to other countries, which is yeah, yeah. we can compare the difference. So the Federal Reserve is the way that we help adjust the value of our dollar and keep our economy where it's at so we can stay competitive. So then theoretically, the value of our dollar has gone Snuffing. down. Yes. Like because there's yes. so much being produced. But because the world economy is in such a bad shape, it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, because everybody is doing similar things right now. In Italy, they're suspending everyone's loans or, right. or everyone's uh, payments. They're, you know, you're not making your mortgage payment. You're not. <laughs> Chad said gold standard should be the standard. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% Chad. Gold standard. Money doesn't matter. We talked about this when we talked about Bernie Sanders. If you're talking about spending $70 trillion, I'm not going to work anymore because it doesn't make any sense. You're telling me money doesn't matter. This is the same thing. You're dropping a trillion and a half dollars. Why am I even showing up to work? Because it doesn't matter. The money that I'm making, the less than $70,000 a year that I'm pulling in is a, a blip on the radar of the world economy. Why yeah. am I going to It's work? planet Why Earth in the size of the bills? universe. Why am I not living in the woods, producing my own electricity, just doing my own thing? Mm-hmm. Well, part of the problem here, know. too, is that a lot of the Federal Reserve notes are backed by the U.S. bond market. And other... Sold to the people. We are bolstering our own so money. Yes. Well, that and the, in, the international community buys up a lot of our debt, what you call it, through the bonds. And that's China the owns a bunch of our debt already. Yeah, they already own a vast majority of our debt, anyways. But the real problem here is that if we continue to spend like we're spending, if this, if this trillion plus bill stimulus package is phase not, three, if this is phase three out of an untold amount of phases, there's going to become a point real quick where nobody is going to be interested in buying our twenty-five or fifty-year bonds because. 
they will not have I mean, enough faith in the United States economy being able to recover and bounce back so they can get especially, their... Especially if it had been nine months and yeah. a third of our small businesses have closed because they haven't been able to pay their employees in soft time because they can't sell anything. Really, no one's going to care about our economy. Yeah. You know, that's, that's like the one, real danger. One here. thing we have that always does well for us is that anyone can start a business at any time. Anytime. There's nothing to hinder you other than money from starting your own business. There's always more things to invest in in America. All the time, more businesses. If we're losing businesses, less and less reason all the time for people to want to put money here. Yeah. More and more reason for China to say, where's our money at? Because we're not seeing returns on our on our interest because you're not charging interest on any of your loans now. You're not making money. We're not making money. Where's our cash? The same thing all these huge banks did when 2008 rolled around. Where's the cash? We don't have it because we bet and sold you your own your own debt, and now we don't have it. Mm-hmm. Same thing that's happening right now. Taking money that barely exists, you're printing money to inject into the economy to hope that it bolsters something that you're tanking by by printing more money. So then, can we argue that we're on our way or even in? Many people are. Many people are yeah. saying, including people in the administration, right? are saying that this is where this that's is. That's where we're at now. Yeah. It's, it's possible. It's very possible. I would not say that. I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't personally say that. But, but losing $4,000 in your retirement like I have right. over the last four weeks is certainly not a good sign. No. And if, if we continue to keep all these businesses shuttered for an additional two weeks, that's going to be an exponential. And that's we optimistic. A, another one here. Uh, well, this is, again, our friend Chad. Also, just to mention that the Federal Reserve should be audited due to the fact that they have trillions of unaccounted dollars unaccounted for, and they're still a private company and not a federal entity. Word Love up. That. That's, you yeah, can. that's another side convo. Because Chad is not wrong here today. I'm, one, I'm 100% with it, Chad. 100%. This is a fancy football, Chad. That's how I know him. Oh, no. This is your chat. This is my chat? This is your chat. Oh, hey, what's up, Chad? Be proud of what's happening here. I'm on board. The gold standard is definitely a Chad thing. Gold mine is blown right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing it, Chad. You just surprised your own brother. You're killing it. Oh, I love it. So, (laughs) phase three of this economic stimulus plan is... Still being discussed right now. Yep. It was uh, proposed by the president, like two to, verbally proposed by the president, formally proposed by Mitch McConnell last night. Is a one trillion dollar spending bill. Actually, it's important to say phase two has not been totally calculated yet. It's yes. estimated to cost a hundred billion dollars. Phase two is not totally calculated. We don't know exactly how much phase two will cost. Mm-hmm. Phase three, however, is a one trillion dollar stimulus package 500 billion dollars of which will come in the form of direct payments to taxpayers across the united states those affected by the coronavirus it is it is not because it's not been decided yet it is not laid out clearly in any of these articles who will be getting money and who will not be getting money we know people someone just earlier today who is no longer working yeah but you know she retired she's like well am i gonna get a check well, I don't know, because you're not working right now. You're not actively paying money into the tax system because mm-hmm. you're collecting a retirement. You're collecting these things. You likely will not receive a check for $1,000 two times yeah. in the next few months because you are not actively paying into the economy. And this is just saying? looking at the way the bill looks currently, right now, which even still, in Mitch McConnell's words would be, this is a good 
this is his negotiating point. Yeah. This is his first point of negotiation. Now it's going to go to the house. They're going to negotiate it there. Right now, the structure is relatively loosely based and it's pretty sloppy. And we have different thresholds if you make up to 75. System. Yeah. It's, it's based on uh, yeah. how much taxes you paid in 2018. 2018. Oh, so, so, yeah, so it's proportionate, so at least the way it sits now, it's proportionate to the amount of money you paid in taxes. And so people who don't make that much money and didn't pay that much taxes are going to get the, the lower end they've talked about is $600, right? And that would be a chip. Two checks of six hundred dollars. Chances are, if you didn't pay that much into the economy, six hundred dollars is closer to what your check looks like anyway. Right. Right. Exactly. So there's all, people all up in arms about it. But if you and if you paid the minimum amount into the economy, if you made less than thirty thousand dollars or whatever, your checks are about that much anyway. So this yeah. much you're gonna get, this money you're gonna get is gonna be close to what your check is. So you know, the people that make more are getting more are getting more. Right. So the the. Highest amount I've heard is twelve hundred dollars, based off of working or making seventy five thousand dollars. Because their year. loss is technically more than yes. yes, because they paid more into the tax system at that point. Mind you, th- again, also, this is back in twenty eighteen. It's also similar to filing your taxes in the way that if you have children, you get another chunk of money. You know, there yeah. are things like that. We're I think right now it's 500. 500. So, <laughs> uh, but there's also all kinds of questions. That's a really good thing to bring up though. There's all kinds of questions for people like my wife. Jordan doesn't have a, a job, right? Her, her job is harder. What I quotes around it. I agree. Her job is harder than mine. I agree. I agree. That's why I think that it's such a valuable question is, does, does Jordan get a check? Because she's not staying home now that this is happening. You know, I'm not making money. I'm going to have to stay home. Since Jordan is not collecting a check and actively paying taxes into the economy, does she get a check or do only I get a check? Yeah. I, also worth. So, okay, so maybe that's not the best example, but... Okay, yeah. so if you have a four-year-old Still. kid, you've been staying home for four years. You won't have worked in 2018. That's nope. just the quickest example. But um, This is actually something Andrew Yang pointed out with while he was running for president with his UBI $1,000 a month type thing. It's because we have an untold amount of people that are what they call homemakers or whatever you want to call it. You're yeah. staying at home, raising kids, doing the most difficult and most important job any of us can ever have. And they are, according to our current financial system, not worth anything, which is disgusting. And so we'll have to see what the what the debate turns out to. So <laughs> irrelevancy is hard to live with. It, yeah. And that's what happens when everybody turns into ones and zeros, right? Well, the thing is, over this next two weeks, everybody having to stay home, they're going to realize exactly how valuable it is a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home parent, exactly how much money that's worth. I love my son to death. Once a week, Jordan gets a mom night where I get home from work and then she goes and does her own shit. I about beat my child. He's got 12 teeth now. And he's one. He's 14, 15 months old. And he's the getting his two-year molars. The kid's busting through molars at 15 months. He is being very difficult right now. Um, <laughs> and so it's hard. It's hard. I I cannot congratulate her enough for what she does because I could 
I love them. I can't do it. And right now, I can't do it. I can't do it. Part of it's because I don't do it all day, you know? So when I come home and it's concentrated like that for three hours, I'm like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw them. I just, but, but it's, it's like three not, hours. But it's, what are you doing then? Yeah, but it's not. Last week, he woke up before I got out of bed and she's up taking care of him while I'm in the shower. He's screaming. She's laying in bed, closing her eyes. For the whole time that I'm up, Getting ready for work, I'm trying to just be silent and quiet because the moment I make a noise, I can hear him cry. She's good, good to go. She's all, all fine. Just when I got home after that, she's like, I'm fine. Good. <laughs> Took a nap. Good to go. Superwoman over here. Anyway, phase three. Um, $500 billion in direct payments to the people, $200 billion in loans to airlines and other affected large industries, and $300 billion in forgivable bridge loans for small businesses. And this is the problem yes. that I'm running into. No, this Go is ahead. what we're here for. What's up? What is what's their guideline for small business? How are they determining? I think it's the amount of employees. Um, I think it's the amount of employees. I think that it's like less than. Yeah, we got some paperwork from the yeah. Small Business Administration the other day looking yeah, at it. It's it's generally based on employment count. Okay. Yeah, and they're low interest loans, which is nice. But again, but you as a business have to ask yourself. Do I want to take on this debt when I know I'm going to have to pay it back with, I don't care how little interest there is already, but you're operating, you're adding another expense. You're adding some more overhead cost to your business, which is either going to be reflected in the end price that reaches your consumer, which ultimately will lower your business, or it's just going to drive you out of business anyways, because you can't assume another debt like that. I mean, it's... That's part of the biggest problem. I'm sorry, but Yeah, I was just saying, it's a big problem because, the, yes, just because it's available doesn't mean that it's going to work for small business. And it's nice to, to know that it's available. But what with all the uncertainty out there, what's going to make you want to take out that loan when you have no concept of what the future really looks like and whether or not you're going to have to shutter your doors anyways? How much money are you going to have to take out? You have no concept of how long this is going to last. It's, it's just, not, it doesn't make sense. And it's not unreasonable to feel even more deterred when you see enormous corporations like the airline companies that are going to mm-hmm. receive these bailouts. I refuse to believe that these companies are operating so, on such razor thin margins that they're not going to be able to survive over the next nine months when people aren't flying, right? So you should be cutting how, how much you're paying your workers. I'm not like, the amount you're paying your workers, but how much you're spending on payroll should should be cut coinciding with the decrease you've seen in your business. If you're seeing one-fifth of the business, why are you still operating at 100% capacity? That doesn't make any sense. That's not profitable, right? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel bad. I love Boeing as a company because they've done insane things for this area. Insane things for my company that I work for. We have a private contract with Boeing. We do great stuff for them, right? Oh, yeah. The booty game. I don't necessarily feel bad that last year Boeing decided to sell a plane that they knew was broken and hundreds of people died. So they're losing stock already. And now they're unprepared for this virus that's happened and they're maybe having to close down plants for a little while. They're losing all of this money because they chose to sell a piece of equipment to American people, to other countries, Malaysian people, and let the planes go down and kill hundreds of people because they... Now the emails have come out. We now know that you knew about this and you still chose to sell these planes. Yep. You have put yourself in a position that you probably can't survive this pandemic because of the way you ran your business before. 
And now you think about that. Boeing company going under. Can you imagine the fallout? And it would never happen. And you live, we live in a world where small businesses are told, individuals are told when the government shuts down to take out low interest loans. Do you remember that? When the government shut down and what's his face came out, he said, well, there's all kinds of low interest loans that you can take out to hold yourself over for the next six weeks. Awesome. I can take on more debt to pay for to pay my bills while you're sorting yourself out. The same thing is being told to the small business owners here. You can take out a loan. We'll handle the big companies. Don't worry about it. We know that they'll be good for it in the end, quote unquote. You know, mm-hmm. it'll all wash out in the end. Take out this loan. It says that, you know, it's a one of the forgivable loans, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, what's going to have to happen to your business for us to allow you to, to forgive that loan? You're going to have to lose your business. You're going to mm-hmm. have to not have money, and then we won't make you pay back this loan because you really don't have it, yep. you know. But if you're making even a semblance of profit in your business, we are just going to scrape up every cent of it, yep. you know. And it doesn't help anyone who's trying to survive in this climate. Anyone no. who feels good about working for a small business, who feels good about not being another one and zero to a large corporation. You know, we're talking about with Denzel, the way their corporations have boiled down their employees to data points. So they know what their productivity should be. They Mm -hmm. know exactly how much output they have because they're tracking everything. Yep. If you don't want to be another one and zero, if you don't want to be just another plebe inside of a huge building somewhere. I love the plebes. You have to take that risk and you have to work for a company that may not be able to provide you all the same benefits, but you get your own personal benefits. Yep. You feel good about working there. You feel good about yourself for working there. You like your employer. You like your customers. You like what you do. You know? I could go and work in the shipyard and make more money than I make right now. I love <laughs> my job. I love the things that I do. I love the people mm-hmm. that I work with for the most part. You know, I know it's... Love I the people love you work that. for. It's it's worth it for me to make a little bit less money to enjoy what I'm doing. Definitely. And for all the same people who are making that same choice but aren't as lucky as me to work in a slightly medical industry. So I'm semi-essential, you know? I don't, who, who knows? Who even knows? Yeah. Right? At this point, we've been allowed to stay open because we make a medical supply. Yeah. We make things that if there are sick people who need it, we're making it. If those sick people aren't allowed to be sick and request these items, we don't get to work, you know? And for the people who, like I said, are making that same choice but aren't as lucky as I am, they're in the same position as our friends here, that they're yep. sitting in a gray zone in a waiting period of trying to find out how they're going to get by. And that's not how this should be taken care of. That is not how this should be run. But when you choose someone who was a businessman for 30 years to run your country, this is what you get. You get Focused on the corporation. Talking about how much they love the people. And then immediately, the moment that the airline companies say, we need $60 billion, we're going to figure it out. We're yep. going to support the airline companies 100% because they need it. And they're by. And on that note, this is like the last thing I had for that phase three portion was there was one good thing I saw in that Senate GOP bill that came out where they were looking at any company who receives a bailout capping the executive pay at $425,000 a year, which for two years, which is still better than the last bailout when there were no caps on what executives can take. But that's just... That's just the pay. That's not the bonuses. That That's just get the pay. Because earlier this week, the president yeah. and Mike Pence were asked directly, when you're talking about the $60 billion in bailouts that's going to be sent to these companies, is there going to be anything written in there that mitigates the amount that these CEOs can write themselves in bonuses? Yep. And they didn't answer the question. No. Danced around it like it didn't even matter. 
Yeah. So you say that you don't like it. You say that there's a problem with it, but you're not willing to do what you can to make sure that it doesn't happen anymore. Yep. This is not an administration that focuses on the people that are making up this country, on the and, people that the yeah. masses of this country. They are focused on bolstering the industries that say that they care about these people when they really don't. Yep. Because you have large companies like I wish I could remember, like Whole Foods or something. It was asking people to donate their sick time to their employees, to their coworkers that didn't have it. Yeah. What I'm saying. So it's something about Jeff Bezos, right? So something about Jeff Bezos that is saying, if you have extra sick time, donate that to someone that you know that needs it. Mm -hmm. Not don't worry about it. I got you because I have billions and billions of dollars. Check out your homeboy who, you know, maybe he didn't get sick this year. People helping people, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. People helping people. Oh, the whole thing. So, I'm just disgusting. Yeah, not to leave it on too much of a note of despair. Like I said, this can change a lot over the next few weeks. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. The open debates just started today on the floor, so there is still... I'm not going to say lots of time because I feel confident by Friday this will be largely sorted out. Or Probably. at least the meat of it will have been decided on and it will kind of be getting passed through, you yep. know? There are enough people in this country with weapons registered and unregistered that are supporters of the president. I think they know that you can only screw them over for so long before those weapons show up somewhere. You know, there are so many people in this country that are not going to allow corporations to take billions and billions of dollars when they're at risk of losing their homes and losing their jobs. Everything. They're not going to allow that to happen. And I don't mean to be extremist. I don't mean to be anything. But this is exactly why this exists. This is exactly why these things are here, so that people can fight for what's in their best interest. That's why these things exist. That's why the amendments are there. That's why they're written the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Time's going to tell. Anyways, so, I think that about wraps it up. I think that that's going to be about it for today. I want to thank everyone, Divine Wines. Thank you guys for having us. We're sorry that we couldn't bring more people in here today. Obviously, that was the intent originally. We're happy that you guys are here. You were a fantastic audience, but it's not an audience because there's not 10 people here. This is not employees here and, uh, you know, our production staff that are here helping us because this is an entrepreneurial venture that we're doing here. It's not recreational. Uh, Yeah. This is for money. Um, So (laughs) 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 subscribe to us on all these things down here. It's a little bit blurry maybe over the screen. Um, Thank you again. Uh, you've been joining us on our Facebook at Salt of the Streets, our Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Divine Wine has a Facebook. They have Venmo. They have PayPal. Come in here, buy your wine, buy your food from here. Call them. Tell them that you watch this and that you love this and you want to support them and that we should come back another time when all this government bullshit is done with. Sorry to swear, but um, just let us know that you saw this, that you enjoyed it, that you got some semblance of value from it uh, because what we want is to help people. In the end, our goal is to make your life better and to make it easier by allowing you to understand what is happening and make your own informed decisions. So that's what we're here for. If there's anything we didn't cover that you want to know, feel free to reach out to either of us on our Twitter, alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He's at Big Bird Offie on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Salt of the Street on Twitter. Reach out to either of us at any time to ask us anything that you want. If we don't readily know the answer, we will do what we can to find it for you, help you find it. That's what we're here for. We want to make it easier for you to understand what's happening. Um, And in this trying time, 
if you have the means, please get out there and try to support any of your local businesses that are still open in some capacity. Call the wine bar 360-297-3010 and, you know, try to help out in any way you can. It's the only way we're all really going to be able to come out of this clean on the other end or as clean as we possibly could be. So, again, thank you to Divine Wine. Thank you to our lovely production production staff. First time we've ever had a production staff. It's, it's weird. pretty dope. I told you the production value in here is getting insane. <laughs> so, with that being said, take care. We'll see you uh, in a couple weeks Wait, when we record again. Before we go, oh, Colin. Oh, I'm before sorry. Before we go. It's so new and different. I forgot all about it. I know. It. If you've never watched this before, um, do this thing i picked the most appropriate line that i have here because we're in public uh i we have themes for the ending lines for all of our shows and when the theme is guessed by one of the listeners you receive a free t-shirt so all these lines it's from a particular tv show is what we've been doing the first time it was it's always sunny i did it's always sunny for like a year before someone finally figured it out random lines from it's always sunny in philadelphia that i was watching i thought it was hilarious like oh i'm writing that down so that's what i did for like a year did Seth Rogen quotes for a little bit. That one was really, really hard because they're all from different movies. So this one is from a particular TV show. If you figure it out, let me know what you what it is. We'll send you a free t-shirt. I'll mail it to you. We'll sign it. We'll do whatever. Right? So with that, you know, it's like that movie I know what you did last summer, but instead of a guy with a hook for a hand, it's a little monkey with a shared hatred for your music. That's not... I like my music, man. <laughs> Thank you, everyone.